Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a Another week of that podcast show. I was going to do something funny, and then I was like, it's April Fool's, and it didn't work. This episode of 552 of N4G Radio 4, guess what? April 1st, 2019. I ain't got no jokes. But Jay is on the show. That's the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't got no jokes. Bagok! That's what I should have done. I should have done the intro and then played the bagok and the song. Oh, there you go. And just, just be done. But yes, Jay is with us this week. Hello, applications. <laughs> <laughs> He's here to talk about um, how you need to get good. I am not here to talk about that, actually. Perhaps to talk about the opposite of that. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, also, we have Drew. Greetings, programs. Mm, mm, I miss it. Do you miss it? I miss it. Yeah, we got the Wombat. Russell. Uh, we have Anthony. Wow, it's like you have good things and then you have Anthony. Great. Well, oh, you have all these great on, people man. on the podcast. I said, and we have Anthony. You, you're a great person to me. Listen, listen. Oh, for the not, first, let's like, not oversell it. <laughs> for the first like five years of this podcast, I was the Wombat Two in the theme song. So. <laughs> We got the wombat too. A special guest or two. That was the that was the lyric. Oh, yeah. Uh but we're here to talk about video games. You know what? Why don't we just jump into it? Why don't we just go to Jay? Oh. <laughs> just just digging straight deep yeah. into it. Because before we're... I get into the uh the, the more recent things, let me give some shout outs to some good old game of the year contenders that already dropped this year that I didn't get to talk about. So, and you guys already talked about uh, like Resident Evil Two, I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. But I just, I just want to point out that uh, they said, and I quote, "We do it," and they totally did it. They did it. And I am very impressed at how they were able to do it because I know the sheer amount of trial and error that went into the production of this game, and I thank them for it because they managed to make something truly exceptional. Because every bullet that you you know, shoot into a zombie, whether it's in the fucking kneecaps or in the face, is a decision that you're making in that moment. And it actually has a lasting, lasting impression on the things that's going to happen in the future. And I don't think for, like, a third-person action game, that's really the true, uh, that's really something that's been done before as well. Because there's been survival horror games set in third-person, uh, but for... Resident Evil, the way all the mechanics come together with Mr. X being able to hear your fucking you popping off your gun, you know, in some uh, part of the police department, or the ways the zombies, you never know if they're really going down until you see their heads explode. 
uh, all these little things and nuances that combine into this one game is is actually quite exceptional. I just wish that um, they just made the A and B campaign more cohesive, so they actually fit together, and the Claire and Leon campaign could have been a little bit more different outside of the uh, the key points. But uh, you know, pretty pretty damn fantastic. <clears throat> Devil May Cry Five. Holy crap, Capcom is just killing it this year so far, aren't they? Oh, And they're going to do a Monster Hunter oh, Ice yeah. Formerly. Yeah. Uh, it's, wow. Capcom is, is undoubtedly back. And when I played this game, I'm not sure if you guys had this feeling. It, it felt like Devil May Cry never left. Yeah. No, well, absolutely. It was, I mean, it was, it was, man. That's a good game. I, I said it was the combination of, like, Devil May Cry and DMC into mm-hmm. the best possible, com- like, it's the best possible conclusion for fans of both, mm-hmm. like the original series and the reboot series, because Nero, the, the new Nero, I guess, the, like his character is changed a lot since four, and like it is basically the DMC Dante. I, I loved it. I, that it's a hard competition. I think Resident Evil Two is still my favorite game of uh, 2019 so far, but. Uh, that's a close second, and uh, it warms my heart because Anthony, like you, went to Resident Evil Two without the nostalgia factor that we have over here, and the fact that you were able to gain so much enjoyment out of this game where you didn't really have that like kind of like rosy goggles going in, hoping for the best, you know, what the nostalgia like, amping everything up a little bit further, and to see you enjoy the game that much actually speaks to the quality of the game uh, that much more. I think so. Well, yeah, that's terrific. And the, the weirdest part is, is that. The, most of my enjoyment came from the fact that I was chased by Mr. X. <laughs> well, I, because a lot of games, like, if I could have killed him, it wouldn't have been the same. Just, it wouldn't have. I, yeah. I wouldn't have. The fact that he is unstoppable and you can hear his footsteps and the music that plays and all that worked for me, um, unlike any other game, because I found. And maybe it's just more recent horror games. Um, a lot of stuff wants to jump out at you, and it never felt like Resident Evil Two was deciding that, like, eh, I'm just going to jump out at you and make you scared. Like, no, it had one of those moments, and everything else was earned. And I felt actually terrified when I started to hear the footsteps of like, oh shit, he's coming! I have to finish what I'm doing now. I'm so glad they decided to exaggerate those footsteps so you can hear them from like a mile away. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just haunting. Yeah, the, the the greatest thing I think that really did it for me was the fact that you know, I played with a friend and we would pass the controller off and stuff like that. And in the first day that the game released, we put five hours into it. And I haven't had a game session like that in a very long time. Um, but it was the mere fact that Mr. X is chasing us. I then go to the map so I can pause the gameplay. And me and my friend have basically got this entire police department like memorized. And we're like, okay, we got to go this way. We got the key. We got to go here. Well, we can't go this way because it's blocked, remember? Yeah, okay, so we got to go around this way. And we'd map out where we're going to go so that way we can have Mr. X like stay just two steps behind us. And it was just like, I was like, gosh, this, that's how good this game is, is that they make you go through the same environments, but they feel different and you have things memorized so you can plan out stuff in a short amount of time. I've memorized that police station 
it's crazy. Just this, yeah. just the, the game design itself and the layout of that entire game is just the, um, it's almost perfect. The, the brilliance of the game design is that individually, the zombies would not be a threat. The liquors would not be a threat. Mr. X would barely be a threat because you're always being able to move faster than he is. But the combination of those elements and how you have to deal with them is what give you the, gives you those thrilling moments. And it's not like set-piece moments. These are things that just kind of happen organically due to this design. And that's what actually uh, what, what makes the game so great, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> The the thing that scared me the most, and I said this to Justin, and he's like, really? Was um, watching Mr. X, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to go... Um I'm going to go down the ladder or whatever it was, or up the ladder, and he'll have to go around and take the staircase, because they won't have programmed, and then he grabbed onto the ladder and started climbing the rungs like two at a time, <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, boy. So I went through the door, and I'm like, surely he won't follow me into here, and then I'm like waiting there, and all of a sudden I heard the footsteps and went, oh, God, and turned around, and then I saw him open the door, step through, and then close the door behind him, and I went, oh, crap. Yeah, the, one of the coolest moments was when we first ran into Mr. X, he's chasing us. I ran all the way through that dark hallway at the very beginning of the game to make it back to the main part of the police station where, you know, Marvin is. And we're like, okay, we're good. And all of a sudden, Mr. X just walks right through that door. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> this is a safe zone. What the crap? Yep. Yeah. They, they they build on these assumptions that you have and kind of betray your expectations in the best of ways. Yeah. Um, and you guys are singing the praises about Mr. X. What do you think they're going to do with the nemesis? Man, I don't want to play that game. System. That's, that's what I mean. Think <laughs> about how horrifying that motherfucker is going to be. So, Chasing so, after, coming through the windows with a fucking rocket launcher on his arm. I was about to say, yeah, he's got a rocket launcher. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was the difference in Mr. X? Mr. X and uh, Nemesis only showed up in certain locations, right? Nemesis chases you pretty much through the whole game. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Mr. X was the one then that had certain locations where he would show yeah, up. Yeah, he was, he was very limited in scope in the original Resident Evil 2. Uh, okay. Only showed up in the B campaign and yeah. that, for a little bit. Yes. But I didn't know, I didn't know if he had only like, uh, like location, certain locations that he'd show up in at random or if he was, uh, consistently and, chasing you. And after you ran into him, it was almost like a scripted event. Like, you could go back into, like, if you ran out of a hallway that he was in and then run right back in, he's gone. Uh, yeah. So it, they were, they were kind of like scripted events, but he always did show up at the worst amount of times in in the original. Because one of the one of my one of this like again this that game was so detailed, and I think that's part of the reason why I loved it so much was um, the the in, I'm in the stars office, which is one of the few rooms he never enters, and you can hear him pace outside for a while, and then he'll walk away. And you can hear him go down the hallway. And I was like, I'm going to open the door and he's still going to be there. And he wasn't. And you can actually kind of track in real time where he is based on where you last left him. Like, he doesn't seem to teleport, really. He seems to actually physically move through the police station. I'm sure it's not actually that, but it feels like he's actually moving through the building. Which is something, like, I don't feel from most games. Like, I don't feel like the enemies are real. He well, felt there's, real. There's a fun fact. Speedrunners have discovered that there's actually two Mr. Rexes yeah. in the police station. Yeah. Great. Yeah, you know, a regular person will never run into both of them at the same time. 
but speedrunners obviously are breaking this game because they're moving so fast, and they have legit ran into two Mr. Rexes because they're moving so fast. X yeah. gonna give it to you. Yeah. XX is gonna give it to you. But uh, yeah. not to derail the conversation, going back to DMC5 real quick, uh, because I think it deserves uh, just as much attention as Resident Evil 2 does in a lot of ways. Because like we were talking about, it's like a combination of everything that was good about the original DMC games. And the fact that it was 11 years ago that DMC4 came out, and then DMC5 didn't even skip a beat on what made that game's combat engine feel great. The clever use of the game's various mechanics to create just the insanely amazing combos and loops and uh, just using weapons in ways that you wouldn't normally think about, but then they just kind of work. Nero's Devil Breakers kind of being the highlights of this factor because of the variety of ways it can be used. Like, what was that? I think, uh, one of the Devil Breakers is kind of like his, uh, like grappling one. I forget what it was called. All of them, all of them sort of have the grapple technique, but when you hit it without, uh, locking on, they all have different sort of attacks. No, 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 what I mean to say is like the, the one arm that I'm talking about is like a grapple it, it looks like, super move. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, I know there's that one. My personal favorite was the one that shoots off like a missile and yeah, just keeps and punching right the it. enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's actually uh, like a secret place you can get to if you like get like a high enough combo and, and basically higher your skill rating is if it's like double stylish or triple stylish the longer and faster the arm goes while you're riding on top of it like a fucking air air skateboard (laughs) yeah so like these there's like so many little little nuances you wouldn't even think of but it's all there dante is the most dante he's ever been and i don't even need to explain that to anyone that knows who dante is like that's that's basically what it means because Ken knows. He sung the praises about that one particular cutscene. If any other character in any game has ever done that same exact thing that Dante did, they would be lame and stupid. But when Dante does it, he's fucking cool. And that's how you know a character is great. You should watch it in the the live action cutscene. Oh my god, I have not yet, but I will soon. Holy shit. I will double down on the... the (laughs) Fucking guy dressed as the bird is still the best thing I've ever seen. And the look on his face says, I'm not getting paid enough and I only was a programmer and I'm here because they needed someone to stand in. <laughs> um, Fuck, so good. That game. Uh, yeah. What what was your favorite weapon to use, Jay? Uh for for which character? Um oh, I'm gonna say Dante, because he has the most weapons choices. I really, the other two are kind of always the same. I I, um, I really liked his um, the the staff thing that changes into a staff into the other yes. weapon on top. That was so fun to use. But I was I'm kind of the player like that would, would always switch between the moods constantly. I would extend combos by doing trickster and teleporting behind the enemy. I would always go into gunslinger in the middle of an air combo to do the little twirl thing to give me more height. Like so I'm like the kind of person that's doing all these combo video stuff. Because to me the greatest fault that Devil May Cry 5 has is this complete and utter lack of difficulty. Because the game, I can understand that like you don't need this game to be like super difficult. You just can have fun with it and just like just completely annihilate enemies and just be super stylish while doing so and have a great deal of t- deal of fun. And I-, I appreciated it that way. But I think at the end of the game, I had not like even come close to dying once. They ca- they gave me like fifteen gold orbs that like res- resurrected you if you died. You get one every time you log in. 
Yeah, yeah, and then I logged in three days in order to beat the game. So I had like I found like twelve more games, twelve more like while I was playing the game. So it's like it never felt close. I felt I think in Devil May Cry Four, I, I think there was a better balance and like the difficulty of the bosses. Maybe I maybe I'm misremembering things, but well, the fact that they have... decide to hide the harder difficulty yeah. of you having to beat the game first. I don't, don't waste my time. I don't understand why you gate harder difficulties behind. I understand the idea behind it, but there's a lot of people out there that just want to go straight into the hard difficulty. Just unlock it. Yeah. Um, I, I love Devil May Cry 5, but dude, I have... My my my, my, my backlog is embarrassing. It like, hurts my pride to even mention my backlog right now. I'm not going to be going through a second playthrough of Devil May Cry 5 when I have these new games that I, wanna, I really want to play. And it's just like a shame because I feel like I haven't had the best possible experience I could with that game just yet because of this difficulty thing. I but, yeah. I will say that my favorite weapon, because it was so different than every other weapon, was Balrog. Yeah, Balrog the, was uh, fantastic. The um, gauntlets and greaves, because the fact that I could switch basically the weapon on the fly, I love that. And the fact that it actually talks, like it's, it's obviously a demon that's been turned into a weapon, like, all past uh, Devil May Cry weapons, because it counts down when it's about to turn off again. But throwing fire punches and act- doing actual combos, like, it felt like a Street Fighter in 3D. Yeah, I mean, it's basically... He, he has Shin Shuriken as one of his moves. Yes. So. You can do the Dragon Punch. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And, and then it, you, it gives you, know, you so many self Break dance and, um, yeah, just throw f- fireballs, basically. Yeah, yeah the great. the combat mechanics in Devil May Cry Five are nearly unparalleled. Uh, the only games that come even closer are his predecessors and Bayonetta. That's it. N- none of the other games come even close. Um, as far as more recent games, I'm currently reviewing two games. One is an Adler game, which I've installed and haven't booted up yet because I'm a terrible person. And uh, <laughs> the other game that I, I booted up, this is well, this to be frank, like I wanted to get uh, Zenki Zero last beginning. Uh, done first because I feel like I might be able to get this one out like near embargo if nothing else. Uh, and this, you're probably saying like, what 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 did Jay just say? He just he just said a bunch of words. I don't Thank think they mean real. anything. Is he making stuff up? And uh, you'd be right in saying that because it sounds like nonsense. But it actually is a video game, and it's actually by the creators of Danganronpa. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to check it out. It's not made by the writer and uh, director of the series, which is Kodaka, but by some of his executive producers and others. But you can definitely see some of the DNA of Danganronpa that went into this game. And this game is actually kind of fascinating. So the setup is that uh, you're your guy. Uh, and after doing something that you're really regretful about, you try to commit suicide. And then all of a sudden, you wake up in this abandoned island, uh, abandoned desert island. Are we talking uh, about Zanki Zero? Yeah, Zanki Zero. Yeah, any... We can talk about it. There's no embargo on it. Oh, that's right. I just wanted to check because I couldn't remember. I just forwarded. Yeah, I, I checked the email before. Uh, so, th- so thankfully, I'm not going to maybe mention anything past Chapter 3. I'm just want, I just want to set the, uh, set the stage because I think the premise is very interesting. So, yeah, okay. So you wake up in this desert island. There's like seven other people. So there's all eight of you in total. Yeah, that's been done before. Uh, memory loss, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're all put into place. That there's a, you know, big conspiracy going on. What is interesting is that you find out that not only are you supposedly the last remnants of humanity, you're actually clones. 
And instead of just regular belly buttons, you have this thing called X keys. And as long as you have this X key and you can retrieve it from a, a person that died, you can actually make a clone of them using that X key. And being a clone, you're not a normal person. You only live 13 days before you die. And it's not just a matter of you kind of get you know, brought back in an adult body. You start as a child. You become an adult. You become mid-age. And you become a senior. And then you die. Man, and that is your life cycle. Yeah, yeah, it gets it gets very weird, and they actually handle it pretty well because all of that is tied to this combat and the exploration mechanic. Anyone play uh, Legend of Grimrock here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the, I it. yeah, the combat and the mechanics are very similar to that, but instead of how in Legend of Grimrock you move and your enemy moves in the same turn, the enemies have their own movement phase and you have your own, so you can kind of manipulate yourself in the battlefield pretty easily as long as you're not getting uh, you know, caught by a bunch of different monsters and being cornered. But it can be pretty difficult as the as the game goes on. But what I like is the exploration of each of the eight survivors because at the beginning of each chapter, the focus shifts on the character that you're controlling. So you go from character to character to character, and the new locations you go to uh, are kind of explorate, uh, exploring, exploring, exploring. Yeah, exploring. yeah, close enough. I guess it's good enough. Yeah, yeah, it's just good enough. So you go there and you find out these like remnants of their past sins and what made them so regretful. It's because all of these people have some baggages and some of the things that you see in this game are fucked up. Like, I was like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna go do that in the video game, really. That kind of level of fucked up. And uh, I kind of like it because they're, they're brave enough to go into really a lot of taboo subjects in some degrees. And I can appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, just, just kind of interested to see where all this leads because they built up enough of the mystery surrounding these people along with their circumstances and this interesting gameplay of being, you know, child, adult, mid-age, and senior, and it actually affecting combat and the things that they're able to do in a regular basis is actually kind of fascinating. So I'm looking forward to playing more of that as that goes on. Uh, but I, I guess I'll just get to the, the biggest game that everyone's been talking about. Everyone assumes that I came on the show to talk about, ah. and I hate to disappoint. So, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. So, I know, Ken, you talked about it uh, I a did. bit yeah. uh, last, last week, right? Yeah, yeah, I talked uh, up through where I told you I was at at that point, just kind of going over, you know, what if, like, everybody's asking, how is it, like, Souls? I'm like, man, this game is not Souls. Right. Um, does, has anyone else played the game here? No. I got no. scared off. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that saddens me greatly, because I, I think that uh, Sekiro is actually <clears throat> the, the best, most polished FromSoft game so far. I would I'm, not argue that at all. It's... Yeah. It's really, I, I can just tell you real quick before you start talking, it's super disappointing to me because I know, and I, I said this on the podcast last week, I know that it started its life as a Tenchu game, mm-hmm. and Tenchu's one of my favorite series of all time. So this is this is the, the FromSoft game that I was, you know, I reviewed Demon Souls back when that came out, but this is the FromSoft game that I was actually probably been the most interested in. I haven't cared about any of the rest of their stuff. Uh, I didn't like Bloodborne really. 
Um, I played a little bit of Dark Souls 1, but couldn't get into it. I was actually really, really super looking forward to this game. So I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. Okay. Um, before I get, get into the... I also want to talk about the general idea and the discussion about difficulty in games and how it could be intimidating to some people. I'll talk about my personal experience with Sekiro so far. Is that I, too, had a great deal of... Uh, trouble was adjusting initially because I've played and you know beaten all the uh, FromSoft games uh, you know the, the Souls games the Bloodborne whatever all, played all the DLC and some of those games I beat multiple times so a lot of that mentality of how to be successful in those games is kind of ingrained into me so to change my perspective on it took a while and I kind of started to examine the game um, almost like I'm stepping away from it to look at the, ver- uh, the various mechanics that are present there. And I, I thought to myself, like, how does every all these things fit together? And I learned two things that really kind of gave me a revelation. Because it, one, you're not playing as a knight. You're not playing as a samurai. You're playing as a shinobi. And a shinobi, shinobi is not bound by the, the art of war. The honors of tradition of facing your enemies from the front, declaring your name and the house and the master that you serve, and fighting to the death with your enemy. That is not what a shinobi is. Shinobi is an agent who does everything and uses every little trick in the book to fulfill their mission, whatever that mission might be. Whether they do things like sneak around... Uh, and take uh, take the enemies down one by one, or use a variety of tools and gadgets to give them an edge in battle. And I started looking all, looking at all these things that I had in my inventory. I started looking at the shinobi prosthetics that I had available to me, and I realized that I wasn't really making use of any. I was just basically getting in there, dodging attacks, just kind of running in and getting in on attack or two, parrying whenever I can allow, and just kind of doing that and. It felt it felt really crushing. It it just wasn't fun to play because it took too long to do everything. But once I started using everything, and I mean literally everything that I have, everything started to just flow much better. Just starting the combat just by stealth attacking a guy. So a mini boss <clears throat> traditionally has two life bars. So basically you need to get their posture or vitality down one full bar. And then you can get a death bar in, which will kill their one health bar, and then you have to do it again. But I thought to myself, well, maybe if I kind of snuck around, I could try this, uh, you know, maybe I could start this fight by stealth killing this guy, taking off half of his health in the process. So at that point, I have 50% of the health of this boss immediately destroyed just by sneaking around and just kind of being a little clever. And then I realized that this enemy was told to me to have a fear of fire. And then I realized that I got a, a flamethrower-looking thing on my uh, you know, pro- uh, prosthetic. I started using that, and that basically chain-stunned him. I hardly had to lift a finger to kill this guy who took me like four or five tries previously, and I couldn't beat. Just by changing my approach, just by changing my attitude on how I wanted to fight an enemy, changed the entire ballgame. And when I thought about it, the one main mechanic in the game that really just basically is the foundation of the whole game is called posture. And when you look at the definition of posture, 
it can be defined as simple as well. I think it can be defined most famously and uh, most, uh, I guess, normally by something like a position in which someone holds the body when standing or sitting. Makes sense. But another definition is a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or attitude. So the whole crux of the game that they based on, the word that they decide to define it, is posture. And when you look at the second definition of it, you kind of understand why, because it makes total sense. You don't want to go in there, try to fight everything, and just just do it in like, uh, just brute force it, because that's just not going to work in your advantage. You just need to think outside the box, outside the box and just be kind of crafty about everything that you do. And that's that's when the game clicked. I took maybe four or five, six, I think like five deaths on a mini boss. And then after I changed my mentality, I went to fight a boss and a mini boss. I one shot both of them. Not because I got that much better at the game. Yes, I did get a little bit better. But just because I decided to start using all the tricks that I had. And because of that, it just changed everything. And from that point, it was basically smooth sailing for me. So I think that is the most important part that I have to say about Sekiro. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about the, the game's various merits in terms of like its visual fidelity. The, some of the, the bosses, which I think are some of the best, not just of this generation, but of all, all time. Um, one boss in particular will, I think, will stick with me forever by just my reaction and how, how like, strongly I felt, like, after I was able to defeat this boss. So, we have all these moments on top of each other, but I think what everyone is talking about is not the merits of the game or the various mechanics on it, but on its difficulty alone. And difficulty is subjective to the people that are playing the game, and... I, I just wish that people will concentrate more on the actual game and how to actually approach it in a way that would be beneficial to everyone for not only for their enjoyment but to also you know improve the progression of everyone involved. So any any thoughts or questions about what I just said real real quick? Well, just to just to kind of touch on what you said about you know people needing to focus on that. I think part of the issue comes from frustration. So there are certain there are people out there myself included who you know we get into a game like this and we start playing it and it it literally just abuses you for the longest time and anybody who's played a from game knows as well as anybody else that from never points anything out they deliver it to you they show it to you but they don't ever say hey maybe you should do this for example um, I made it to the, the Chained Ogre. It's not a secret who these people are. And, mm-hmm. yes, in the eavesdrop you hear he's subjective to fire. But I did not even know <clears throat> that taking a bell that somebody gave me a couple steps before, I could take back, pray that to a Buddha statue, and go to a completely different area to get a prosthetic that would help against the Chained Ogre. Like, the game never pointed that out. You had to figure it out. And when you're like me, or you're like Ryan, and you get 45 minutes to play a game, and you just don't, you just don't have that time to, like, kind of, like, take all that in. So instead of trying to figure it out, you get frustrated and you turn it off. You know, because you're right, when I got, when I figured out the bell did this, and I didn't figure it out on my own, I had to look it up. When I figured out what the bell did, I took the bell, went to the place, got the fire prosthetic, also got the axe there, too, because it's also there. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, you kill that mini-boss there, and then you come back, the Chained Ogre is certainly a lot easier. But not putting that in front of the player, it frustrates players who... And, and this goes back to the argument of, like, well, why can't you just make it easier? Some people just... They, they stop there because they're like, you know what, I have this set number of time, and I have 25 other games I want to play. And it, and it kind of pushes them away from that game, which I think is a detriment to it. Because if we, we're talking about games like Bayonetta, we're talking about games like Devil May Cry, um, there are modes in those games that would whoop the same person who gave up on Sekiro, but they also have the option for, hey, here's stupid mode, hold a button, you do a combo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the issue. I don't have any problem with From saying, okay, this is our game, this is what it is, cool, man, you guys have made a name for yourself with that particular thing in mind, but think of all the people you could bring in if you just made a few options for other people, and I don't like the, like we were talking about before the show, I don't like the idea of people sitting over here going, From should add an easy mode, it's disrespectful to their players. No, it's not. That's From's decision. That's fine. I also hate the guys on the other side. Fuck you, get good. You're disrespecting the developers by asking for it. No, I'm really not. I'm just wanting to play your game because it's so interesting world and character-wise. But I get frustrated. You know what I mean? It's it's a hard balance. It is. It's, it's, it's nearly an impossible balance to make because like you were saying, the extreme of each side, we have the elitist on one side that constantly just say, get good, get good, like they're being funny. Yeah. While they're just just kind of exposing themselves to being idiots, um, whether or not you know they were able to persevere and beat the game or not, doesn't make you a better person if you can beat a game. No. Contrary to what Drew might tell you about him beating Dark Souls <laughs> all the time, you know, like like it doesn't it doesn't make you a better human being. Yeah, it might it might make you you know someone that might be more adept at those kind of games, but that is that's it. That's the limitations of that. Uh, but on the other side, we have a lot of these people that are frankly just just whiners. They're addicted to instant gratification, and they don't understand the value of persevering and overcoming a challenge. And that kind of makes me sad because, you know, like, yeah, it might might sound a little demeaning because, you know, when you play a game and you're dying over and over again, that's that's not really that fun. But you have to think about it in a way where there's games that have certain mechanics that people don't like, right? For example, I haven't finished a single GTA game in my life. I would love to play those games. I know they're great. I appreciate them. I respect them for what they are and what they're able to do. I want to go through the storylines, but I hate some of the mechanics of that game. About like just, just driving everywhere, not having an easy access to quick travel, having to drive to a location to start a mission, then to go to the tend to have to drive again to where the mission starts, and then if you fail the mission, you have to go back to where the you got the mission in the first place, and get a job. It's like it's it's to me, it really fucking annoys me that I don't play those games. It's it's honestly, it's something that I would have not understood until I played Red Dead Redemption Two, mm-hmm. where everything about that game makes me want to play it, except for the game itself. Like, if that makes any sense, like the story, the characters, the writing, the way the game looks. All the things you can interact with are great, and then the way you interact with them, I'm like, well, I hate this. I hate you. Just, just you just basically simple. described my issue with Rockstar in general. Well, well you guys just basically a- described my uh, experience with From Software. So, yeah. no, that's that's what I mean, though. But you don't see yeah. me trying to have Rockstar change their game. 
You don't see me sure. starting an online petition saying that, yeah, no. you guys should change this so I could enjoy this game and people like me can enjoy it. I would never so, go that far, but I'd also say that I, Dark Souls 1 is really interesting to me, but I got stuck at a point that I just said, I don't really care about this enough. Right. And it's like, I don't know, part of it's like, the intro sequences to the games are punishing, yes, but fair, and then I always hit a point where I'm like, I don't know if I like this as much anymore. And I don't know if it's something that's like, I don't know if it got more difficult or if I just got worse, which is definitely a possibility because I started to become frustrated with it. But I always hit a point in the Dark Souls games fairly early on where I go, I, I, what happened? Where did this drop off? And in Dark Souls 1, it was when you had to go down to the city and there was these thieves that could poison you and the dogs that could make you bleed mm-hmm. and i just went this is not fun anymore this is suddenly become a pain in the ass and i'm not saying like i don't it honestly like yeah don't let me get achievements don't let me play online if 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 you know making the game easier is that much of an issue punish me for some of it but allow me to play it, because there is stuff here I want to experience that isn't offered elsewhere. I'd argue that what Rockstar does, except maybe writing, that type of game is done better elsewhere. Like, I'd argue that Saints Row 2... Let me me get back, because before you forget the the words that you use, you said, allow me to play it. But what you're truly saying is, allow me to play the way I want. No, I'm not. If the game is... No, no, I'm not. Because the... That would be saying, like, why can't I have a gun? That's, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, because I'm saying the mechanics still, can still work the same, but there's something... don't be so punishing. Like, what, like there's no reason why the, the uh, entry level is so high. Does that make any sense? Like, there's, it's the same, it's like you're saying, like, well, you know, it, it's, you just have to get used to it to some extent, like, because this is the way it is. And what I'm saying is, it can still be that way, but, like, just, you know, it's number values on my end. You know what I mean? I'm not saying make the game easy. I'm saying make the game slightly easier for me. Let me have that decision. Punish me. Don't let me have trophies. Don't let me access online. You know, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Um, But what I'm saying is, like, there has to be some, like, because you've done all this other stuff, I want to experience it, you know? The, so I, if it's I can, if, if I can Brian. jump in here really? from a, a from my, just my perspective, so I agree with Ken. I think the um, and I felt I felt the same way, even though this is a different controversy. Back during the Mass Effect controversy, the Mass Effect Three controversy, it's the developers' game. They can build it however they want to. Yep, that's that's on them, right? They can build it however they want to. Um, one thing I will say: a game that I am playing now and have invested um, 60 plus hours in is Assassin's Creed Odyssey and one of the things I like about that game is well a couple things is number one if I play it if I have a chance to play it for 45 minutes or if I have a chance to play it for three hours I can accomplish something make progress and move on um, the other thing I like about Odyssey is they perfect and they did this with Origins too they have built a system within the game where for example if you're the type of player who wants to explore and wants to find environmental clues to find your next objective, you can do that. There's a mode in the game, I can't remember what it's called, where basically you have to 
you have to gather clues about where your next place to go is based on the conversations that you have with people. If you're like me and you don't have time for that, you can just turn your map markers on and as soon as you unlock the quest, it'll tell you where, where to go. Um, that's from my perspective, and I know it's not a direct analog here, but that from my perspective is a good... Um, it shows that uh, what can happen if a developer says, you know what, this is what I'd really like to do, but I also understand not everybody has time for it. Yeah. Um, the um, So it, that kind of stuff... That kind of stuff is possible. If I wanted to have a straight exploration um, version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey where it never gave me tooltips to tell me where I was going until I completed the investigation, I can turn that on and play the game that way. Um, it, it exists as a mode. Uh, I do have a but, question about that mode for you, Ryan. Um, yep. Uh, press on. Yep. Can you turn that mode within the game on and off? like, uh, Or do you have to go into the main menu? How does that work? Um, it's in the uh, in the settings. Hold on, I'm actually in the game right now, so let me tell you if you can turn it on. I don't know if you can turn it on mid-game or not. I think you can. Um, I can speak for a different game that I yes, played Yes, you recently. can. I'm sorry. There's a there's guided mode where you, you're guided through the experience, and then there is exploration mode where you have to uncover clues to figure out where to go next. There are also... So Assassin's Creed Odyssey is good in this for a couple... From a couple standpoints, not only do they give you that option, there are also obviously difficulty settings, just like every, just about every game. There's also you can adjust the level scaling, so you can have default level scaling, you can have heavy level scaling, where the entire world scales to your level, always at your level. Medium level scaling, where it can get two levels behind you, and light level scaling, where it can get four levels behind you, but it'll always scale up to at least four levels behind you. And then there are also four different aim assist modes, aim assist modes that you can turn on. So you can turn aim assist off, you can make it light, you can make it partial assistance, or you can make it full assistance. So the game gives you a whole bunch of options to say if you're the type of person that wants to find their own quests and uh, wants everything to stay at their level all the time and doesn't want any auto aim, you can play the game that way. With you know a flip of a switch in the options menu, Divinity Original Sin does that as well. Operentia. There's like uh, six different type of uh, um, difficulties. Operentia, a game I just played for review. I'll talk about it after. Um, its first thing is like, hey, here's three different difficulty options for three different aspects of the game. Uh, I'll, it'll auto map for you, or you can turn that off and you have to do it yourself. Uh, the combat becomes more difficult if you want it. And then there's permadeath, which will totally erase your save file if you d- everybody dies. Um, it allows you those options, because, and you can pick and choose which parts. Because at the end of the day, it's very, like, some the, without the exception of, like, permadeath, you know, it's turning a map off, right? That's basically what it does. It just turns the map option off for you. Yeah. Um, so- it, so, the, the combat changes with certain aspects of it, but it's still the same combat system. It's not changing completely. It's one specific part of it that's different. Um, you know, it's stuff like that where, like, I don't know necessarily what the case would be with Dark Souls or other From Software because I can't speak for Sekiro. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it could be something as much as, like, you know, a, 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 like the 
weapon damage increases for people on a lower level. And again, I'm saying you can say, like, no trophies on this version. You know yeah, what so I mean? I, that way you can't just say, like, look, I finished Dark Souls. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you could do stuff like that. Yeah, I think there's there's two there's two discussions here. There's the um, there's the you know they owe it to video gamers to put this stuff in their game, and that's just silly on its face. Yeah, if no, I don't software agree wants to make a game with no options like that whatsoever, it is completely within their um, rights as the developer of that series to do whatever they want to. My point is, for people who say it's not possible for them to do that, I disagree. I think it is possible for them to do that. Now, they may not want to do that. That's okay. Their fans may not want them to do that. That's okay, too. Uh, but it is possible. Um, right. And the, the, thing that, the thing that's personally a little bit upsetting to me, and this is a personal frustration, this is not the fault of the developer, this is not the fault of From Software, this is not the fault of anyone but myself is Sekiro has a um, aesthetic that's very interesting to me and a lineage that is very interesting to me because, again, it started its life as a Tenchu game. And so this a little bit, for me, is like, Jay, if um, Capcom came out and said that the next Devil May Cry game is going to be a uh, Rockstar GTA (laughs) Online-style game. Right. Um, you, you don't, you know, if, if they took if they took Devil May Cry off the market for fifteen years, and then the same company that developed it came back and said, "Hey, look, here's a game, and it's got a guy that's just like Dante, and it's kind of a spiritual successor to Devil May Cry, but it plays just like a GTA game." Um, there would be a lot of people that would say. Man, that's disappointing because I've been waiting a long time for a new game of that style or in that series. Um, that's that's the personal frustration for me. Is of all the From Software games, most of the time, I really like Demon Souls. I did not really care about the aesthetic of Dark Souls or definitely Bloodborne. It just wasn't my style at all. This game is like right in my wheelhouse, and so it's personally frustrating to me that I know I'm just at a stage in my life where I don't have time to spend two hours on a game and make no progress. Um, knowing that, and I know you'll say, well, you do make progress. You make no, you progress no, in your gonna, ability to... I don't, I, don't, I don't need to say that because you guys already know it. Yeah, um, the, but my point is, if I only get to play it once a week for two hours, I'm not going to make the progress I need to because my, I'm going to forget how to play it by the, the next time I get a chance to play it. My timing's not going to be there. I'm not going to have the same success rate. Um, only getting to play it a couple hours a week. So that's that's my perspective on this game. It's not that I think that From needs to put that mode in or that they're doing anybody a disservice. They're more than welcome to do whatever they want to. It's just personally disappointing to me I because yeah. I'm so interested in the game and I know I just it's not a good idea for me to play it. I literally was almost getting ready to drive to GameStop to buy it and started reading some more and was like, man, this is, it's just not, um, but it's everything not the that I just said about the change of mentality, the change of attitude, about all the things that you can do in your wheelhouse to make the game not, not only something that you can beat, but something that actually might become something that's easy 
for you to conquer. That doesn't uh, yield you in any other way. It it may, and I may end up picking it up down the line. Um, and I you know I appreciate that perspective because it does help me kind of understand it a little bit bit more. And can your comment too about the um <clears throat> about finding that thing and it making it easier. Um, so you know I may give it a chance at some point. I just know that um. I just got to know what I'm getting into, essentially, is what it comes back to. And and another thing that I want to bring up, um, well, actually, before I go into the next point, I want to say that you just did an excellent job of bringing up the benefits of the uh, all these difficulty modes and all these options that a game developer can add to a game into so that it can be more appealing to people with different play styles and different play environments, right? And yeah. I think that is 100% uh, great. Um, I've always said from the very beginning, despite my kind of like whatever infamous, uh, like, I guess meme at this point about me just like beating games like pretty quickly and easily, I, I want more and more people to play the games that I enjoy. And if that is one of the ways they can do it, then I, I would welcome it. But I also think that there is a, a beauty in something that is uncompromising, something that is the, the unalterated the version of the director's vision. One hundred percent, and I agree with yeah, you. One hundred. That's what I mean. Like I, I see both sides so I, well because it, oh, it what resonates. You really want to me. Say, what you really want to say is you want the original version of Star Wars. You don't want the the fixed version. No, no. I mean, I the Star Wars is you, but it's a little different. But the same sort of concept. You want the access to the original. And and when people say there's an easy mode, that would be one thing that I wouldn't want to happen. Is that the original image of a game? gets ruined because they're trying to appease everyone. That's the worst, and I totally understand I don't, I don't think that. it's so much the appeal. I, I just like, as you guys know, I don't particularly really care about what other people say and think about the things that I enjoy. Um, that's just that's just been you know who I am for the longest time now. But what I do care about is that, for example, let's say I'm stuck in a boss. Um, this is like my sixth, seventh, eighth attempt. I'm really breaking my head in, and I can't really figure out a way. And there is just that thing sitting right there, the options menu that says, "You want to, you want to, you want to turn down the difficulty a bit? You want to just, just, just turn, turn down." So every single time that I would be up against a challenge or a hill, I would always be tempted, and just definitely. to ha- just to not have that option there. Just to be able to say, I had to plow through it exactly the way the game developer wanted me to do it. I think there is benefits to that as well because I don't really want to be dealing with temptation. But at the same time, I would make that sacrifice so more people can join in on the things that I enjoy. But that's my personal take. I can't, I can't speak for the other people in, uh, in the, in the different wheelhouse and I say like, yeah, I don't want to have that little bit of temptation, but I understand what they're saying as well. I don't, I don't want to be dealing with that stuff all the time. Um, you know, every time that I die, it's like, hey, do you want to knock it down to easy mode? You know, it's kind of annoying when you, when you see it pop out after you die like twice or once or, and then, you know, things like that. I think that's a little silly. Resident Evil 2 did that. Resident Evil 2 did that. Uh, a lot of games do that, like Trails of Cold Steel does that. Metal Gear Solid does that, and Metal Gear Solid 5, yep. um, and other other games like that. And that's that's fine. And you know, like I said, it's it's just, it's nice to be inclusive. But I see the merits in both, and it's a difficult topic. But the next thing that I wanted to mention um, before we end this topic, because I know we've been going a long time, and this is something that I really want to say, is that I I feel that people underestimate themselves too much. Ryan, I think you underestimate yourself. Ken, I think you underestimate yourself. And Drew, so, so you 
all of you guys underestimate what you I can think you do. overestimate. No, 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 no. Hear, hear me out, hear me out, right? Because I think a lot of the games media people are always exaggerating and talking about how difficult things they, things uh, are because of two reasons. If they were able to beat the thing, it makes them look good because they were able to be something that they claim to be the most difficult thing ever or the greatest challenge in gaming history and they'll exaggerate and they'll use these words superficially kind of exaggerate their own egos and their own abilities meanwhile the other people on the other front that wasn't able to beat it will say the exact same thing to make themselves not feel as bad for not being able to conquer it and these two camps are the ones with the largest most booming voices in the media of gaming these days and that's an issue because ryan you you were too afraid to play the game because you assumed that you won't be able to handle it and that breaks my heart so much to have someone that i know ryan if you for the love of god if you play this game and if you're able to go through the initial wall like i did which took me a few hours and then get into that zen moment where Everything clicks and you're able to make smooth progression, not dying more than two, three times on any given boss and just breezing through the rest of the game and enjoying all the spectacle that is ahead of you. You would just love every minute of it. You know what's funny? I'm sure you're right. You know what's funny to me more than anything else? It's not the difficulty because there are, you know... There are some, and I don't want to spoil anything, but again, it's the game I'm playing right now. So um, there are some boss fights in Odyssey that are very tough and where you have to dodge and you have to pick your shots and you can't just go in hacking and slashing, right? And I enjoy those. I'm sure I would enjoy the boss fights in Sekiro. It's the punishment for dying. That. What what do you think the punishment of dying is? Well, so I know there's the there's the you get two resurrections for free, right? It's um, usually one. Sometimes it's, it's usually two. one. Okay. Depend depending where you are in the game. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got you got the the sickness or whatever that everybody catches and the NPCs die because or can die yeah, NPCs, because NPCs don't die, but you can't progress their specific uh, mission is not nearly as big of a deal as they make it out to be. So you have a 30% chance to die and lose nothing. Basically, it says like an unforeseen like force well, that has goes, helped you. That goes down the more you die. Uh, well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go down like like marginally, like gradually. It just kind of goes down all the way to like 13% when you get the dragon route. But it takes like 10. 12, 15 deaths sometimes in order to trigger. I after had it the on first the first time, boss. No, no, no. After the first <laughs> time that happens, to where they do it to show you as a game mechanic. After that, it takes a long time for that to happen, okay? And it's actually very easy to cure that. All you gotta do is either, is like, uh, go to one of the stores which sell these things for like 120, like 240 zen, or you can go find the people that are sick, collect their blood sample, and then just get it done for free. It's not a factor as big as people think. You lose yes. half of your money, but you can buy money pouches that basically are money in the bank. You don't lose these money pouches uh, when you die. You just lose the money that you have on hand. But you can go to the stores, buy the money pouches, and when you do actually need the money, you can actually open up the pouches, and boom, you're good to go. The, the experience that you lose is half of whatever bar that you had. So, for example, you go into a boss battle, you have almost a full bar, and then you die, you're going to lose half of that, and that sucks. Agreed. But 
when you go into a boss battle or a mini boss encounter, you have the foresight. You have the option to disengage most of these events. So before you go in there, you just spend it. You just use it on things that you need to spend it. You go in with zero. When you die, you lose nothing. You can just try as many times as you want. You can get the dragon rod. doesn't matter. And once you beat the boss, you just cure the dragon rod and move on like nothing ever happened. Does that sound so bad like everyone else is making it out to be? It sounds better. It does. Yeah. I just – so from for me, I am not um... – I'm 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 old enough and have been playing games long enough that I am completely at peace with who I am as a gamer. And for me, gaming, the gaming that I enjoy the most is about progression. It's about I got this new piece of uh equipment, I leveled this up, I gained a new experience level, I um made it through the story, that kind of stuff. It's that, that sort of dopamine mm-hmm. uh, rush of checking something off a list. And so every, everything you just described sounds much better than I thought it was, but yeah. still, when you talk about losing half a bar of experience, it makes my heart race a little bit. I don't um, even take that long to fill up the bar of experience, by the way. Okay. Yeah. But it's uh, another... another. Let, I'll just use a, a specific example, the, the Hirata Estate. So when you go through that, that's a long trek between idols to get to that boss, the spear boss. Mm-hmm. And I went through that, killed every enemy. The enemies are not hard. The enemies are pushovers. Um, but the boss himself is very challenging because that's when they teach you about thrusting. Yeah. Um, the, that you can't, until you get the skill point, you cannot actually deflect a thrust. You can dodge it, but you can't, uh, you can't deflect it. Um, so I killed all the enemies. It was just me and him. He kills me. I resurrect. I come back. He kills me again. And just the defeat of knowing that I had to kill all 25 or so of those enemies on the way back to him, I, I just, that I, that's oh, a moment when I turn it off and I'm like, okay, I can do this, but man, it was so satisfying going through that camp and killing all those dudes, and now they're just like, hey, look, I'm back. And, and I get it's... it. Yeah. It's a different type of grinding. Yeah. So so if I grind in Diablo, I have something to show for it. Yeah. If I grind if I grind in Dark Souls or Sephiroth or whatever you want to play one of those Souls games, you don't really have much to say except I, I beat these guys again or I learned how to do it more efficiently. Like, I, 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 I weighed yeah. in on it a little bit on Twitter yesterday, and I think it's more about time than it is difficulty. I get it. You want a game to be difficult, that's fine. But for me to to put an hour into a game and have literally progressed none, I don't I, I don't have the time for that kind of thing anymore. Like I, I really can't I, do I, that. I think I think that kind of situation is very rare. I I've beaten the whole game, I can tell you straight up that there is very, very few encounters where that's the case, where you gotta beat a bunch of people. And I know exactly the spot you're talking about, Ken. And you can actually skip all of those enemies that you talked about, except for the three around the mini boss. And technically, you don't even have to fight them before you engage the battle. Engage the battle because you can start it out with a stealth attack on the boss itself. Oh yeah. So I did that. So it's like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you don't have to dare to wait. It's like once you, as you, as you kind of try things again, you start looking at things from once again a different approach. And once you start doing that, you'll see that all the things that you're doing 
or needless motions that you could skip entirely just by moving and looking around the environment. It is, it um, is, that is true, but you know the feeling that it gives me when I die after killing all those enemies? It's like I forgot to save. <laughs> Which is one of the most defeating things a gamer can feel. Like, I died, I forgot to save. But, Ken, like, <laughs> I, I have to disagree to, to some degree, because I think Sekiro, oddly enough, is the most fair FromSoft game ever made. Oh, in absolutely! The, in, in the regard that you have the resurrection. There are no cheat deaths. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And that is exactly what Sekiro's resurrections, resurrections are. So if you die... Oh, fuck, whatever, you can resurrect, you can get out of there, hookshot out of there, get to safety, heal up, disengage, go back to the idol, do whatever you want. If you decide to press on, if you decide to push your luck in a bad situation, that's 100% on you, and you deserve to be punished for making that mistake. Because that's the only way people are able to really learn in a meaningful way. So... All these negative, all these things that I understand full well that the people are really being frustrated about, to me are like benefits and like little, 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 little nuances that are there to explain how the game works and how you can actually flourish within this game environment. And yeah. I feel like it's just being misinterpreted by a lot of the people and and the media. Well, un- unfortunately, even if it is misinterpreted, it pushes a lot of people away, and that's my big argument for it. Is like I think okay. everybody should be able to experience every game if they want to. You know, and, and I grant it, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. From's been making these games for years. They've never put an easy mode in. Fine. But every time one of these games comes out, there's going to be people asking for it. Because you know what? They're really interested in the game. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good games. That's that's the reason why I didn't even pick it up. Because I've, I have beaten Dark Souls... Got about half. Got about, He's got to remind us every single time. Everybody knows I have beaten yep. Dark Souls at one time. I beat Dark Souls. I got halfway through Dark Souls two. Didn't even pick up Dark Souls three, and got about less than halfway through Bloodborne. I just, I'm to an age now where I can't, I can't play those. Stop, games. stop I, telling yourself you can't. True. I no. It's 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 no. I don't want to. I'm yeah. to an age now okay. where I don't want to play those. I get games. it. If if you say you want, you don't want to. That's a hundred percent fine. Just say, don't say you can't, because I I believe in you more than a lot. You Trust me, if I if I if I wasn't in my life situation right now, if I was twenty three, mm-hmm. sure, I, I get off from work and immediately just turn on the game and play it for four hours. I don't have that luxury anymore. Listen, Drew, getting married was your mistake to me, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we should I, we should probably uh, move on. Times. We should but probably. Yes, that's, yeah. that's that's basically all I want to say. I'm sorry about dragging on so long, but I think this is a topic that's been on the minds of many people, and I really wanted to address it. No, absolutely. I was hoping we would. Hour. I was hoping we would have this come, and it gave me a chance to eat my Taco Bell, which I just had delivered to me. All right, well, all right. First of all, most importantly, what did you get from Taco Bell? I got well, I got three tacos and some nacho fries, right. man. Mm, you like Are you big on the nacho fries? fries? I love the. I'm so sad when they go away. Like they're like, I got an email the other day. They're like they're leaving for a little while. I'm like, no, don't do that. But anyway, let's. Yeah, so yeah. from my just real quick, I will add, Jay. I am probably going to eventually buy this game. Good. Um, once it's a little bit cheaper, I will make the investment in it and give it a shot. But because um, I do want to play it, I do want to play it. it is- I may actually see if I can. Uh, Red box it for a couple nights and see how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's a terrific plan. And Ryan, I, I I believe in you, man. Like, just 
to think about what I said about the approaches, don't just try to brute force everything. If you die, think about why you died and think about all the things you have on hand to make the situation different. Don't don't practice the definition of insanity thinking that anything is going to change. Just got to right. think about it from a different approach and you'll be fine. Okay. All right. So everybody else, you get five minutes to talk about your games. Yeah, go. All right, great. Uh, Drew, what do you, what have you been playing? Okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. Uh, so I have been playing the Division Two for review. Oh, I um, want to. I want to mention that. Uh, man, I hope they fix those crashes soon because I was in mid-mission. Two crashes. When was this? Uh was it Wednesday night? I was playing. They uh, patched it since then. Okay, so uh, yeah, I was in one mission, crashed back out to the desktop. Well, Xbox dash- dashboard. Uh, Finish, go back in, finish that mission, which, by the way, I'll give them credit. When I logged back in, it took me right back to the mission, Yeah, which was good. We get into a mission two or three you know, missions later, boom, same thing. Hard lock, kill, straight to the dashboard. Mm. Yeah, they patched some of that stuff. They said that they were, they were dealing with that. There's, Division 2 is a great game, but it does suffer from some really, like, early stage, these type of game bugs. Mm-hmm. If that means anything, um, the turret falling off of something that I placed it on is really annoying. Uh, sometimes my seeker minds are just like, I don't go after anybody. And I'm like, well, I've got a guy about to shotgun me in the face. Really, please go over there and blow him up. So there are some weird glitches and bugs in this game that I, obviously they're going to work on. It seems like they're trying to support this game as much as possible. Um, but not. The game, the moment-to-moment gameplay in this is fantastic. I think, I th- and and they give you so many options. So, like, you'll come into, you you know, it's an arena. There's there's two guys that you can see, but you know there's going to be more. And there's always some place where you can take the high ground. You can go low. You can. It, there's there's so many different options to each arena where you're going to fight. Um, to be honest with you, it gives it gives me a feeling of what Doom 2016, where you know there's a fight coming up, and that you kind of map out where you want to go in your in your whole murder ballet. <laughs> so that's kind of how I do with the division. Um, I wish it was a little bit easier to sneak around, guys. They don't give you really the option to sneak that much. Once you get in their vicinity, it's kind of like, all right, it's on. we got to fight now. <laughs> um, we must fight. Yes. It's time to fight with knives. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm still enjoying it a lot. Uh, uh, before you move on, Drew, how fun is that game to play solo versus like multiplayer, for example? That game is designed for for multiplayer. Yeah, it's, Have you, it's really yeah. By doing solo is doing solo feels like a different game. Yeah, you got uh, doing you solo. Have to feel, be, uh, you have to yeah, you have to be on point with everything. You have to strategize where you're going to go, where you're going to what you know, what cover you're going to take. Because if you don't, you will die. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. The, the enemies, yeah. the enemies can wipe you, and there's a lot of kamikaze. They do a really good job of flanking. Like yeah. by, by yourself is one of the hardest things. Like even with one other player, you can get overwhelmed. But you at least need one other player. Yeah, it's it's definitely designed around it. You can solo it. I mean, I I've played a lot of games solo, um, but it's a different monster altogether. Yeah. Playing by yourself. Yeah, it's best to stick to um, abilities that basically give you a buddy. So if you use the drone, if you use the turret, 
stuff like that. It How good is fire. the uh, matchmaking in that game? Is it quick and easy? Yeah, yeah. All There's right, a lot nice. of people playing this game. Good, good. Uh, but yeah, playing that. Some of the missions are really cool. So obviously, it takes place in DC. A lot of the Smithsonian in that. So you're going through like uh, the the Museum of U.S. History. I thought that uh, that mission was really cool because you're like you're going through all these different like museum displays and <laughs> stuff it, and having is, firefights. Was it only hilarious to me that the fucking World War II gun was working? Yeah, <laughs> somebody recommissioned the the, the prop gun <laughs> and are and is trying to use it on you, and then after you kill them, then they try and rush the room, and you can use it on them. <laughs> It's like you're in like this little bunker from World War II display, and I'm like, hey, the gun works. I'm going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> and it just mows down, dudes. Oh, yeah. That thing, like the, the sound of the guns in that game is really good. Yeah. They did, they've done a really good job of just, and it looks amazing. Yeah, it really it does. does. Uh, so Division 2 is, is a fantastic, like, looter shooter, as they call them now. Nice. Um. Playing that for review. Still got to work on it. I really want to hit the end game before I write my review, and I'm so slow with this. It's very slow leveling in that game. I think I just hit 10. Yeah, it's very slow. Um, And it's huge. The map is freaking huge, man. Yeah, I've only covered two areas, and I haven't even fully covered the second one yet. Yeah, I've done three areas. So, And then I've got to go through the dark zone. There's there's also like so you got the dark zone which is like PVE versus players as well if you choose so they also have a just a multiplayer versus mode too that you can do um, it's called conflict mode um, so yeah there's a lot of stuff there and it seems like they're really supporting this game especially for the end game stuff first expansions on the sixth this week I think yeah it's a new stronghold which the strongholds are a lot like a raid yeah. So far, there's three in the game. They're adding a fourth one. That's good. This game will have legs, and I will play yeah. it for a very long time. Yeah. Nice. I need to finally like make a day for me and you and Justin to play. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm I'm down to play. Because the only person I've co-opted with was Dave, and that was, like, the first night. Yeah, I so. didn't get a chance to play with you guys the night we were supposed to play, but next time we'll we'll definitely get together and play. Yeah, I just need to plan one. See, that's the thing. That, that's I have to plan... My game nights. Yeah, I had planned that night to play with you guys, and then something happened, and I had to go do some <laughs> stuff with the family, and I just could not do it. No, you had to go make it rain because <laughs> you got that you got that big promotion. <laughs> you just you just sat in your living room and just threw money in the air. I had he got to. That ta- he got that Taco Bell money, man. <laughs> no, no. What? I bought a theater seat for my office, Jay. I don't know if you knew that, Ooh, but yeah, theater it's, seat. Yeah, Cassie. yeah. It's uh, automated. I press a button and it kicks up my feet. now you're living large that's right baby uh see also for review i can i talk about this game which one outward yeah it's out it's out okay okay it's out it's outward (laughs) uh outward which is a fantasy rpg survival game um i'm not that far into it probably about two hours uh it's 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 a little rough around the edges. Um, I can see what they're going for, but also I can tell that this was made for PC because the controls are a little wonky when it comes to stuff. 
Um, but it's, it's, it's basically, it reminds me a little bit of the Atelier game. Oh, yeah? Where, yeah, the first mission you get is, you've got five days to come up with this amount of gold, otherwise you lose your property. <laughs> and so you have to go out into the world and, and do stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you have to keep up with hunger, sleep, thirst, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's got mixture of that survival with, um, you know, like standard action RPG stuff. So it's, it's okay. I need to dive a little bit deeper into it before I can even really talk about it. Cause it's, I mean, it, it doesn't look great. It looks, uh, was there any particular reason you wanted to cover or did it just kind of land in your lap? Ken said, "Hey, can you review this?" And I said, "Yes." Oh, okay. <laughs> how how fifty percent of our all of our views start? Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you do this? Okay. No, I'm just like I don't even know what this game is, but all right, I download. I was like, okay, this looks interesting. So, doing that. Uh, let's see. I picked up MLB The Show 19. Yeah, how is that? Uh, is your uh, is your name Ryan and the other person that I was talking to Drew? <laughs> is that what's happening right now? Yeah. So I usually pick up a show every three years or so, and uh, it, the last one I played was 2016. I wanted to check out 2019. Uh, it's pretty good. It's 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 more the same. They have added a few things. So there is a new mode now called um, oh god, the March to October. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Um, they they did that, um, which is essentially just doing like you pick a team. And you you basically say, all right, you guys are going, trying to make it to to the World Series, and here's the pivotal moments throughout that part of the season, and you just play those and see how well you do. Um, it's kind of like a condensed mode that's really quick. Um, and uh, the road to the show, they added, they didn't go full on NBA 2K. But they did add the whole. Here's a here's a story. Um, you get to pick and choose what you want to say in a given situation. Does the uh, ghost of your dead friend haunt you and give you a <laughs> no. In your life? no, 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 nothing like that. Okay. Oh, thanks for the flashbacks to that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, nothing like that. Although it does seem like it's narrated by um, oh god, what's his name? Uh, the dude abides guy. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, uh, Jeff Bridges? No, no, no. The the guy, the the cowboy guy. Oh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. <laughs> the guy who's narrating it sounds exactly like Sam Elliott. Wow. Yeah. He's gonna the tell you about the show's a rough one, but you gotta keep your head up. He's you gonna know, tell you about brewing sense. cores in the cold Rocky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you get to pick and choose. So they give you, like, when you create your character in Road to the Show, they give you, like, um, a few options of what type of character. So you have, like, your powerhouse characters who have better stats in certain places, and it's also easier to train those stats. You got your powerhouse, you got your... They, got them, they give them weird names, like Mr. Mage, Ranger, Bard. Yeah, essentially that. And they even have color coding, too. Nice. Uh, you've got your fast characters who are better at stealing bases and fielding. You've got your Mr. Utility who's kind of like an all-around guy. Uh, and then, you, you know, it's all... It, so you have that, and then on top of that, they have the whole... They give you your race, and then you, they give you your class. So we'll, we'll, let's talk about it in RPG terms. Um, 
so your class is basically you get to choose how you want to respond to certain things. You can be like the maverick or the the captain or the heart and soul. That's one of them. And uh, depending on how you answer things, so like you know, you get an interview and they'll be like, "So how do you think you did on this last game?" And you know, you can choose to be like, "I'm the best person on the team," or "It was a team effort," or whatever. But the more you level up that stat, the more perks you get, and these perks that you can equip that can like um, benefit you during certain types, certain times of the game. So you know, uh, there's a perk I have now where I have better. Uh, swing accuracy whenever I'm, whenever my team's losing or, you know, s- certain things like that. Um, and yeah, the, the gameplay is, hasn't really changed that much. They give you tons of options on how to play this game. And I kind of just stuck with the standard stuff. I'm not big on the whole analog swinging kind of thing. So I just stuck with the button swinging. Yeah, um, I don't like analog swinging either. Yeah, it's it's way too hard. I tried it and I was like, I don't know about this. So, um, but no, it's a solid game. It really is. Um, I got uh, went through the 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 intro for Road to the Show uh, and got drafted to the Raven. No, not the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. Baltimore Orioles. Excuse me. I'm thinking. Congratulations! That. You got drafted to the absolute worst team. Well, there you go. Uh, so, I was the 12th round pick out of 40. So, yay! Do you uh, still have to do the like um, amateur showcase stuff where you? Yeah, you had to play. You had to play a couple of games against like in West. Yeah. 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 That's how they and that determine determines it. your draft standing. Yeah, they give yeah. you like a bar now, a meter that shows you how well you're doing during that time. So how you know if you fill it all the way up, I guess maybe you become like a first round draft pick. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, I'm still in Double A, working my way to Triple, and then hopefully to the Bigs. Nice. We'll see. We'll see. And hopefully get traded because I don't want to play for Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> you can request a trade if at least if it's like the the last couple. Yeah. So I which they asked at the beginning. I don't like doing it. So they're like, "So do you want to do you want to choose who you play for or do you want us just to to do it based on how well you did?" kind of thing. Yeah, I always yeah. I always choose. <laughs> you always choose to go to the Reds, yeah. is that it? Yeah, I always choose to play for the Reds. <laughs> Every time. Uh yeah, I know not, it's the cheap way, but I don't care. I don't those games are mostly fun to me as a way to try to be the level of player that will bring the Reds to prominence. Now, well, there you go. Gonna gonna send the uh, the Orioles to the World Series this year. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, but no, it's it's a solid game. I I enjoy it. They they still have the whole Diamond Dynasty thing, which I will probably never touch. Um. You know, they have obviously the franchise mode, which is tons and tons of like so many things you have to keep up with. Every time I jump into that, I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And let's go back to the road to the show. So, yeah, it's just pretty good. They, they've they done really well with the whole loading now since they, they do the whole series or, you know, you have you're playing at the same park, essentially. So they don't have to load a lot of stuff. Um, So you can easily go from game to game without seeing loading screen really but uh yeah 
played that. Uh, I mean, aside from Overwatch, which is every stinking week, that's about it. All right. Uh, Anthony, you want to talk about some video games? I guess I can talk about some video games. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about it last week, but the uh, embargo was Friday when it got released, and it's on Game Pass. Operencia, it's an RPG. It's a um, dungeon crawler. You move on a grid-based system. It has 360-degree look, though. Um, actually, more than that, technically. But you have free look, so you can look around. And it actually is required um, to solve certain puzzles and to find loot that's like on the ground. It will blend in with the environment. So it pays to explore. Um, what is neat about it, like I said earlier, is that you have all the options to make the game more difficult than standard. There's no way to make it easier. There's basically a base default and then they allow you to make it more difficult with the permadeath, which is probably the most brutal permadeath I've ever heard of, um, where it just will delete your save file. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. The combat's in a more traditional RPG sense rather than inside the actual dungeon. It goes to a battle screen, and the enemies have like certain depth, so they're either closer to you or further away. And certain attacks have... Um, more effectiveness so a melee attack uh, will you know wipe out the front while a range attack wipes out the back uh, the writing in it is fa- uh, fantastic though and it's weird because none of it's actually animated it's all static image when the, the characters are talking to each other um, unless you're moving around the world is 3D animated but they only ever show 2D images of the characters and even the cutscenes are basically just 2D images that they take like a static image and sort of rotate it to make it look like it's moving, but it's actually not actually animated any differently. Um, It's a really interesting story. The way they do the tutorial is that you are playing Hero of Legend and um, basically in the past, and then you move to present day, but it starts off with a bang, with putting you in an underwater castle. Instead of the, the normal... I mentioned in my review, the normal sort of thing is like here's your forest dungeon or here is like it is it always starts off very plain i find in video games is that they kind of don't want to blow their load um early on but with the way games are you kind of have to to get people interested and make it different otherwise i'm gonna move on and without seeing the more interesting stuff um, so they just put you in an underwater castle where it's, you can breathe because the water is actually above you. You're like in a big air bubble basically inside this dungeon. I didn't even find all the secrets in it before moving on. And I found the combat, the perfect amount of difficulty. Uh, I can't imagine making it harder for myself because there was a couple enemies that would really do a lot of damage. I kind of wish I had chose to be a wizard. Because they allow you to choose your class and your background. Because I ended up with a quite a few melee and ranged characters, but didn't have a lot of healing magic. Which I wish I only had one person that could heal the group. So I wish I had, or two, but one could heal more of us at the same time. I wish I'd had a um, better ranged sort of ability. But it's a lot of fun. It's from Zen Studios, so this is kind of their first big thing that isn't pinball. 
but it's on Game Pass, so there's really no reason uh, to not try it out, at least. But it's a lot of fun. It's uh, one of my favorite games so far this year. Um, from the writing alone, it's, everybody's very different characters, but the writing's so witty. The actors do a great job of uh, performing the lines. Um, it was a surprise, because I wasn't actually expecting to review that. What I was trying to review <laughs> before they accidentally sent us an Rentia code was Zen Pinball uh, Williams Volume 3. Um, I'm actually surprised with this one, because they gave, uh, like, the last one that they did was okay. It wasn't anything special. Um, this time, they gave us a... Uh, I can give you the names of the tables for anybody out there that actually cares. Um, the first one is called Theater of Magic. And uh, it's a really neat basic pinball table. It does some neat stuff with magnets, but... It actually makes sense in this, like, the pinball table because your ball is getting removed from play for a magic trick. So it's all these little, like, the trap door opens up. Well, of course, it's a magic show. You're, you're, it's not like a, um, wizard. It's, it's actually a magician on stage performing is the idea. Um, so it's a lot of fun with the theme. The second one was Champion, uh, the Champion Pub which is a 1920s sort of vibe where you have to practice and then fight a boxer. And by that, I mean a boxer actually turns around on the stage and you have to hit it with the ball. Um, this was an actual table that where the this punching bag piece in the center of the play field turns around and there's a little robotic boxer. And you have a health bar and he has a health bar and you're supposed to knock him out. Um there's a, it's one of those tables, though, that I find it extremely easy to lose a ball on. Like, it'll bounce off the side. Like, it'll... I could shoot the ball, and it would go right down the drain to the right of my flippers. Like, like that always irritates the shit out of me. Because um, I didn't have any choice but to lose it, because I didn't actually get it towards the flippers. And the last one is Safe Cracker, and I think this is the probably the best table set yet um, to buy, because Safe Cracker is a very non-punishing game where the idea of uh, the the table is that you're breaking into a vault and it doesn't matter how many balls you lose it's time-based i think people forget that pinball actually has a lot of video game elements to it as well what's neat about safe cracker is the bottom is pinball and then it if you perform certain things on the table it turns into a board game on the top so there's a lot in that one that's um, very welcoming to players that don't play a lot of pinball um i really like this set uh, even though i wasn't a huge fan of um the pub um one table but uh that's kind of neat i also played the mortal Kombat 11 demo that's a really good game i'm sure ken likes it i think ken's gone no it's a bad okay. game you were silent there, and I said Mortal Kombat, and you didn't jump in, so I was worried and wondered if you died. I spent about six hours with that beta this weekend. I played yeah. enough of it to know that I'm still super hyped for it. I'm excited, can't wait to play it, and I probably won't play it online. No, no, I won't I won't play it online, but the beta had the tower. Yes. I played through that at least 20 times. I uh, went pre-ordered because of this beta. Yeah, it's so... Man, it... Oh, it looks. I love the fact that oh. it, you can play a scorpion in different ways. It reminds me of what they were trying to do with the weapon system in, say, like Armageddon. Yeah, you know, but you can you can literally customize it to your yes. play style, and yeah. that's what's awesome. And I'm I'm so excited to see Johnny Cage versus Johnny Cage. I don't know if anybody watched that trailer. 
Did you that see? That trailer was cool. Yeah, that trailer yeah. was incredible. But did you see <laughs> in the beta how many skins there are per character? A lot. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm excited. I- I'm really excited for this. Um, I was I- like, I did have one question it. before you guys proceed with this game. Does it say pre-order the season pass now at any point in the beta? I don't think I don't that think it, it says anything. It, it, well, when you finish the tower, it says you can pre-order the game, then it gives you all the bullet yeah, the, points. The game is fine, but I'm saying, like, did you say, like, pre-order the season packs for character packs? And did they do any of that shit? Not in the beta that I saw. You're not no. in the beta. Good. No. Good. I mean, I think it might say pre-order for uh, Shao Kahn. Yeah, Shao Kahn is the yeah. pre-order character. They, they've always done that. I've always hated it. I'm, I'm, no, it's I terrible. Like that either, right? yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Like because they, they've already they announced they've already announced the first character for DLC, and I don't think they've finished announcing the main roster. They haven't. And I'm just like, okay, that's really shitty. I don't like that at all. <sighs> Let me just add add Boone real quick. Set him straight. Right. Continue <laughs> on. I um. I, I did love it though. I love the fact that like this two scorpions going against each other felt different. I wasn't. I knew all the moves of my scorpion, which is like the classic sort of scorpion build, and the new one plays very differently. So when I went up against him, I didn't know what to expect. Um, fuck, it's it's a great game, and I'm really glad that you handed me that demo. And then that's, uh, that's one thing I think that's going to make. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch is because you can kind of pick and choose what special moves your character has. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, the one thing about online, it'll be, you won't just be able to memorize, you have to memorize all the special moves that are available. Well, they did that with Injustice too. Yeah, I never played Injustice. It was only online, certain so. moves though. It wasn't all, it was like, when you got to level, you when, you, only... when you capped, you could add new moves. Yeah, I, I I literally only played the story in Injustice, so I never played anything else. And all of that stuff has the option to turn off when you're playing, like, tournament mode. Right. And then the uh, last game that I played, because I didn't play a lot this week, um, was uh, Generation Zero. <gasps> Let's talk about that game. Okay. It's a bad video game. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's it's so boring. That is the... That, I was going to say, that's... Oh my so god! I'm, like, like just... I kind of have figured out the AI in it. It's not hard, and there's so few robots in that giant fucking oh, map. Fuck yeah, that's bad. Now I'm wondering, and this is the I'm like, it's hard to tell because I'm playing it by myself, right? I'm wondering if it's built to have multiplayer and it scales. Because if it scales to multiplayer, and that's the reason why I'm not seeing a lot of robots. Then no, I was issue. playing with somebody else. Oh fuck that! Then yeah. yeah, because I can run through the environment pretty easily. Okay, it's so I have I have now. a I have a question. How far did you make it? I am at Saltum. Did did you? So you got across the bridge, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We couldn't. What? There's a giant invisible wall. Fuck off. We really? could not cross the bridge. We got to the bridge, and we're trying to run across it, and, it, and we just stopped. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, like, we went back and did a couple of the missions that were strewn around the first area. Like, can we go now? Go back? Pfft, I shot it. The bullets hit the invisible wall. What? We couldn't make it to the second island. That... Okay, because I'm on it right now. I've 
like I'm actually playing as we've been pl- talking. And, like if I'm silent, it's because I'm playing this game. Um, like I just got into the bunker. There's spider robots that are introduced. Yeah, like wouldn't know because you can't swim in that game. That is okay. So there's a lot of water. You can't swim. That's dumb as shit. I want to know, you know what you, you know what game you can swim in. Take hero. You can, <laughs> you can even dive into the water; it won't kill you. Motherfucker, Spider-Man can swim. I don't want to hear it. It's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The kids, Spider-Man, Spider-Man dive underwater and look for treasure. No, no, but I can't in Assassin's no, Creed Odyssey. No, but can. Yeah, I can in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I can punch a shark with a spear underwater. That's but, true. But like, you know, it's funny that you say that because Spider-Man was notorious for not allowing him to swim. Uh, I, I, so, like, I, I want to know what the point of this game is because we like the missions are boring as shit. Yeah, it get to somewhere, loot a bunch of places, and then shoot a robot or two and move on. And I'm not sure if are I have bosses in the game. No, fuck if I know. So I, I, I made this comment when we were playing because we were trying to like figure out what this game was. I'm like, you know what this game feels like? It feels like they built a tech demo of a world. And then just kind of threw a couple robots in it. We're like, hey, let's make a game out of this. Is this a retail game? Yeah, it's yes, it built is. by it's, Avalanche. It's, no, it's, it's a lesser price game, but that doesn't mean much. Who made this? Avalanche. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the the Just Cause Avalanche, not the Warner Brothers now. No, or Warner Brothers owned Avalanche that made it's the so, Cars games. It's such a weird thing because it runs really, really well. It looks... Pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't say it looks great. It no, doesn't. it doesn't look great. It looks pretty good. It runs really well. It feels okay. I love the vibe. I love the '80s synth music. 80s I do. Yeah. Um, but God, is it a barren and boring it, world? So here's here's what happens. Um, anybody that's played like so, the only game that I played that was horror before Resident Evil that I re- Resident Evil Two that I really really loved was Dying Light. That's a great game. Um, it is. And Dying Light, when you go into a place, it feels like at any moment something like a zombie could come out and and take you. Because they can enter buildings. I have not seen a robot enter a building. The nope. first area in this game uh, has a robot inside a house. I have not had one follow me in. I close every door behind me so they can't get in. They, and they I'm pretty much in. safe. I can loot shit without any uh, real fear. Right now I'm in a bunker. There was one spider enemy and that's it. Yeah, I get a, it's, I get a piece of paper. The piece of paper tells me about something. I go there and then I stuff. There's no fast travel. Bad. There's no fast travel, so you have to walk everywhere. You, there's a bunch of cars on the map. You cannot drive. There is no melee attack. I didn't even realize that. What the hell is this game? I don't. I honestly don't know. Do, I don't. Do you take it. missions or is it just you just so take missions? You take mi- <laughs> so here's how you like you'll like um. The idea is neat on paper, so you go to an area and you, like, search things, you loot things. Eventually you'll find, like, a letter that gives you a clue about a mission. Let's say you click track for that mission, right? You'd expect a waypoint on the map, right? Nah. Nah. It tells you the name of a place and you can... Go find it! And then Maybe when it's you... trying to be, like, uh, Morrowind or something. Yeah, but when you, know? you get there and you do the mission, nothing happens. I've only seen now two types of enemy robots. Actually, I guess three, but like dog, sort of looking thing that shoots gu- like shoots bullets, uh, a bigger dog that shoots bullets, and one small spider enemy that was inside this bunker, so they could have a dead person, I suppose. There's just no point. Like, guess what was in the guess what was in the bunker? 
If you guess absolutely nothing, you are correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, you loot this stuff, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, what am I going to use this for? Not Nothing. Shoot. You, you shoot, and you get stuff that gives you better armor. It's weird. I, again, I don't, like, the game isn't, well, I mean, I didn't have any issues where I couldn't cross a bridge, but, like, the game isn't super broken or anything. It's just, like, I don't know what to do. Now, I'm wondering this if I get further like... in, is there going to be more robots, and am I going to be screwed if I'm one person? Like, I thought it was scaling for me. That's, like, honestly, that's oh, the reason no. why I was like, there must But, no, but robots, death isn't cause... even a penalty. You just revive. Right oh, where you were. Like, okay, hold on. It's like wait, that. It, I thought that on. was. You revive just like you do in Sekiro, the shadows die twice. No, but it's infinite, Jay. It's infinite. I died 20 <laughs> times in this, like, because we, we screwed up, like, 10 of those dog robots, and I kept getting, like, they kept charging me. And every time I would die, I would just hit the A button and come right back. I'm okay, like, why so am I, I even a, dying? I have a question for you. You'd hit the A button. He didn't have to save you. No, I just hit the A button. Pop right back up again. I thought this was because I was playing single player. No, this game. What is this? This game is so just man. Also, robots take one bullet. Punishment for death made the whole affair meaningless. No, the world being empty makes the whole affair meaningless. (laughs) I can run for 15 minutes. Uh, and, and my if there was, if there was some point, to, like even when you finish a mission, it doesn't like pop up and say mission complete. It just you, gives you experience. Sometimes you, you I'm check, not even sure if it does that. Yeah, you check your menu and there's a check mark next to the mission. I'm like, it sounds like you guys are playing an alpha game. Is what it was. What it it totally feels like an alpha game. Oh, there's a flying robot now. And I just walked behind it. Oh, you want to know another thing that drives me crazy about this game? So you get stim packs that'll heal you, right? And you can set them to a quick button on the D-pad, right? Yeah. When you use them all up, guess what you got to go do again? Put stuff on the D-pad. That's right. They don't just stay there. Well, that's because that's because it's the inventory stacks. But if you have something in your quick bar <laughs> and you collect more of the item, it goes into your inventory. It doesn't go to the quick, quick bar. So you get like 13 what and you can't combine. That? You can't combine items in your yes, inventory. You yes, you can. How? You have, to, you, have to, you have to pick up an item using X and then drop it on the other item using X, and it'll stack up until a certain point where it starts a new stack. That's what? stupid. Why not just stack? Yeah. Well, why not Why not just stack? Well, I'm okay with... Yeah, I mean, why not just stack automatically? Yeah, well, fucking... There's a lot in this game. Like, I'm running towards something. I don't know if there's going to be anything worthwhile there. Probably not. Robots, it, it, I'm guessing... Robots, like, I, I, I can't hate this game, because, again, it's not fundamentally broken so far, but, like, I don't I don't know what there is to do other than find a robot, shoot the tank on it, kills it in one shot, and then walk away. That's all you do! There's nothing else so far. There's... And I'm further than you. Yeah, we played, for, we played for, like, an hour and a half last night. I'm like, this is not... There's nothing... Eventually, we went out to a dock and started throwing fireworks at each other, because that was the only <laughs> entertainment we had. Oh my god, this game! <laughs> Fireworks at each other. Guys. Yeah, that's what we did! Jackass the video game. And here's the funny thing the map is fucking huge. It's huge, but there's nothing in it! Which is, you know what? In hindsight, this makes a lot of sense because if you've played any of the previous uh, Just Cause games, uh, 3 and 4, it was like that too. There was a large map and less to do in it than 2. Yeah. I don't don't buy this game. It's forty dollars. No, don't. don't. Buy this I would, game. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't suggest this. I just don't hate it. Uh, all right, we need to move. Anything? Well, anything else before we move on? No. 
Alright, Wombat, I know you're itching. You played that phone game. I did, actually. Yeah, so I'll talk about that first. Well, actually, let me talk about uh, Odyssey first. So, I have now finished... Um, I am 65 hours in. Um, I have now finished two of the three main stories in the game. For anybody that doesn't know, there's there's three... There's a whole bunch of different side quests. Um, but there are three different main um, storylines in the game. And, you know, one of them is basically your character's main story. And then there's also a series of targets that you have to hunt down. And then there is a... Um, there's another one that I don't want to spoil. And I am through the first two. And, um, you know, last week I was talking about my frustration with the fact that I finished a side quest line and then was way under-leveled for the content at the end of it. Um, thankfully, I have not had that issue since. Uh, running around, finishing up other quests and stuff, levels have come pretty easily. So um, the last 10 hours of this game have been incredible. And um, the the climax to these quests has been really, really good. Now, the I got the quote-unquote best version of the first storyline's ending, and the ending itself is kind of cheesy and lame, but the actual build to it is really, really good. So um, I really enjoyed that. I liked the uh, tracking down all the targets, which I've finished now. Um and uh, now I'm I'm almost to the non-DLC level cap. Uh, I'm level 49, and uh, I'm finishing off the last main quest now. And uh, man, that game is so good! It's ridiculously good. It's um, it's like a mix of Assassin's Creed Origins, which these last two Assassin's Creed games are really Assassin's Creed games only in name. They're not really. Um, they share some storyline elements, present-day storyline elements. Uh, but there, there could not be more different than the old Assassin's Creed games. Um, this one kind of reminds me of a mix between Origins, Diablo, and The Witcher 3. Like, it's got um, the, the same sort of branching quest style as The Witcher, even almost the same music. Um, the, uh, uh, and then it's got a, a ton of loot with some really awesome, like especially the legendary item sets that you can get have legendary perks that go along with them. Um, everything from damage being converted into health and some standard stuff like that to, you know, regular arrows become fire arrows. Um, or, um, uh, you know, there's one that I just got that's 25% damage against boss characters. Um, and the nice thing is those perks are installed on those pieces of legendary equipment. But once you unlock it on a piece of legendary equipment you can actually engrave that perk on any equipment you want to. Um, so this legendary club that I got that does 25% damage against bosses, I can go to a, um, a blacksmith and engrave that perk on any piece of equipment that I have, um, any legendary piece of equipment that I have. Um, so that's that's really cool. And then the fact that you can transmog everything... Um, is is also really cool. So um, I, I really am enjoying this game. Uh, the other thing I like about it is the there are three main damage types. There's hunter damage, which is what you do with your bow. 
There's warrior damage, which is what you do when you're like doing your normal fighting. And then there's assassin damage, which is what you use for like your sneak attacks and stuff. And um, the weapons that you equip can give bonuses to any of the three types of damages. But it's not just, hey, I have this bow, and so it has to have hunter damage. Like some of the bows will have warrior damage. So if you're the type of person who doesn't use a bow very much, you still want to have one equipped because as long as it's equipped it'll give you, it might give you warrior damage. You might have a bow that has warrior damage attached to it or assassin damage attached to it. Um, if you have, t- you can have two different weapons equipped once you get over a certain level. And even if you only use one of them, um, you can have, you can use the secondary slot to equip a weapon that has bonuses to your other skills. So I really like the way they do the loot and uh, that kind of stuff in the game. Um, I love the way they do the level scaling. Um, I think it, you know, on, I'm playing on default, which is two levels. Uh, nothing can ever be more than two levels below you, um, which uh, which is cool. It keeps the encounters interesting. Um, the bosses are excellent, um, especially some of the, the higher-end bosses towards the end of the game that I won't spoil. Uh, really excellent boss fights. Um, they do a great job of weaving together sort of the, the overall story of Assassin's Creed with mythology and um, with the, you know, the Greek world. And, um, you know, you're, uh, you're playing the game about 40 or 50 years after um, Leonidas and the 300 have their fight against the Persians. Um, and they weave that in as well. Um, it's uh, it's just a really it's a really well done game, and um, you know I I know Ken and I have both talked about how long it is. It is exceptionally long, uh, but especially over the last ten hours, I've really enjoyed my time with it. So it's actually one of the few games where I'm actually thinking about picking up the DLC because I'm enjoying the game so much. I kind of want to keep playing it, even though I've already put sixty five hours into it. So um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I got back into this game to do some cleanup and I was going to go hunt down the cultists because I never did that. Yeah. Um, but playing it and playing Sekiro at the same time is weird because like the attack is the same button between the two oh, games, okay. but the dodge is different. Oh, so I would go, you. I would go into Sekiro and I'd be pressing X or square in Jay's case to be dodging. And it just did not work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 combat in this game is is really good. Yeah, um, it's it much is. better than the combat in Origins. And I I know there was a lot of hand wringing and upset people about the fact that they you can't have a shield in this game. Um, I think it was the best decision they made because it forces you to be um, aggressive and not just turtle. Um, but you got to kind of you got to pick your spots and dodge around all over the map, especially when you're fighting somebody that's a lot harder than you. I actually also um, finished the the mercenary chain as well, so I'm the the number one mercenary in the world. Oh man, and, I love uh, fighting those guys. They're so different. Yeah, they all have different they all have different abilities. They all have different weapons. You know, you might fight somebody who um, they they have vulnerabilities and stuff like that too, kind of like Shadow of War, where um, the uh, you know this guy is vulnerable to assassination attempts, but he has a bear that ro- roams the world with him as well. Um, 
but then they all have like they'll have a unique weapon so they might they might have daggers that do poison damage or they might have a giant mace that does fire damage or something like that they have different attacks um it's the mercenary system is really really fun yeah, um, I, I and the reward you get for finishing it is freaking sweet. Yeah, I, I, I won't I, spoil it, but I get excited when the horn blows. Now I used to get frustrated because I was always trying to do something, but now when the horn blows, I'm like, "Oh, where are you at, motherfucker? I'm coming!" Yeah. Did you uh, Did you finish the the story? Yeah, yeah. No, the story's okay. done. I I'm just going back around, and I've got the DLC like it's on my map. It's like, hey, go do this DLC quest. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna clean up the world first. I want to do that. Yeah. That's um. So again, I'm I'm gonna I should finish up the um the last sort of main quest here for the third level story today, and uh, and then yeah, I'm gonna it's it's one of the few games where I that I've played in a long time where I thought you know there's actually a chance I could probably platinum this. Um, and uh, I, I I wouldn't have thought that 35 hours ago, but the, uh, it's just been um one of those games where it's it's slowly gotten better and better and better and better and better as I march towards the end. So, um, Ryan, I got a question for you. Yep. Uh, you've been playing Assassin's Creed games for basically like decades at this point, right? I have. I, there has not been an Assassin's Creed game I have not played. Right. So it feels like Assassin's Creed, along with uh, Origin and Odyssey, they made a lot of changes at this point to the formula. Um, do you want the game to keep progressing this way, or do you want them to kind of go back to the old style at this point? <laughs> um, personally, I like this style. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick and kind of talk about something else I played this week. That Assassin's Creed Three remaster that you get with the DLC. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't ever want to go back to old Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved those games for what they were at the time. Um, but I think, um, you know, it's, it's just different. It's hard for me to say better or worse because those games were about something else. They were more about, um, they're more about being an assassin, right? You had to be, there was, there was more stealth involved and, um, that kind of stuff. And these new games just aren't that, but I really, I really enjoy this direction for the series. I think it's, I think it's been really good. Yeah, I think Odyssey more than the other uh, Assassin's Creed games are kind of on my list of games I want to play. Because I think at this point, all the things that I got tired of with the Assassin's Creed series kind of hot, kind of kind of made their way out. You know, extra stage left, as it were. So it feels it feels like a whole new game with a lot of the similar things, and I guess it has it has a little bit of what the games were about. Does it still have a lot of the? Uh, was it the story arc where you're still in the machine and stuff like that? Does it keep going back and forth? Or yeah, so it does. It does have that. It's very minimal, both in okay, Origins okay. and in this. It's. I mean, you check in with it probably four times throughout the main story, oh, and I've, okay. I'm 65 hours in. Yeah. So it is there, sort of as a common thread. Mm-hmm. Probably plays more of a role in this game at the end than it does other games. Um, but they, I mean, this game is definitely, it's 100% an Assassin's Creed game in that it is connected to the overall story that started with Assassin's Creed 1 in, you know, 2011 or whenever that game came out. Um, the, uh, but it, you're right. It's, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's almost impossible to compare them at this point from a gameplay standpoint. This game, it really is 
much more of a open world RPG at this point that just happens to share some elements with Assassin's Creed. That's basically what it is at this point, yeah. um, which is great for me because open world RPGs are my favorite genre. So this took a lot of the stuff that I like about the Assassin's Creed series and mixed it with um, my favorite genre. So that that's a big that's a big jump. Um, I've seen some people online. Um, saying that they actually prefer this as an open-world RPG to The Witcher. I'm not there. I, I don't agree with that. I still think Witcher 3 is a better game. But it is a really good game. And um, if you're the type of person that has put Assassin's Creed games aside in the past because you felt like, yeah, you know, that series just isn't really for me, I would recommend this game wholeheartedly. Um, you know, the story in this game is tremendous. I do think that Bayek, the protagonist from Assassin's Creed Origins, and his sort of story arc was a little bit better just because I feel like it was a more personal story. Um, but this game is tremendous. And Cassandra as a, as a main character, I think, is my... Um, is is in my top three in terms of all the characters. You know, you know the funny thing game. is, everyone always talks about Cassandra. Nobody talks about the other guy. Alexios, he's a bad character. Oh, yeah? yeah okay. His voice actor... Uh, so I shouldn't say that. He, I shouldn't say his voice actor is terrible, because I don't know if his voice actor is terrible or not. The direction for his voice in this game is terrible. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, I played the first three hours of the game as Alexios and quit. And started over again. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, um, it, it's just impossible to take him seriously. Um, he's, his, his voice acting is the most goofy, obnoxious, um, uh, thing in the world. And, you know, when, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just not good. It's, it's funny. Okay, I'll, the direction I'll start of his voice acting is, good. is basically, yeah. yes, definitely start with her. She's right. much better. It's, um, it's, and honestly, the, um, it's really hard for me to um, imagine what this game would be like um, as Alexios. It it feels Cassandra as the main character feels canon to me. Um, it just the the way the story plays out and the the different pieces of it. I don't. It, I just don't feel like it would have the same impact with Alexios as the main character. It's so, so weird to hear from Ubisoft themselves that the larger percentage of people that played that game played as Alexios. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. <laughs> the, it makes me wonder um, how... Um, it, like, I have a feeling that if I had been forced to play the entire game as Alexios, I'd probably enjoy the game as much. No, Cassandra's um, just too damn good. She's very good. Very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I I definitely recommend if you're going to play it, play it as Cassandra. Gotcha. Or Cassandra, whatever you want to say her name. Yeah, it'll, um, it'll go down to price and like to like fifteen, twenty bucks at some point. That's it's one hundred percent. It will. It's yeah. twenty yeah. bucks right now at Best Buy. Yes, <laughs> I wait for fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, but no, it's. I mean, again, it's. I'm I'm in, I'm sixty five hours in, and I'm I'm uh, kind of. It's one of the. It's one of the very few games, and Red Dead was the other one in the recent mem in the uh, in recent memory, where I'm almost upset that I'm almost done with it. Um which is why I'm thinking about the DLC. So, um, but you know, I don't, I also don't, I have no desire to go back to Assassin's Creed three again. Uh, so yeah. I, I may just buy the DLC individually instead of the season pass. I don't know how much cheaper it is. I don't know that it's any cheaper. I really don't know. I know they're freaking selling that three remaster for 40 bucks. And I'm like, you are high. Yeah, that's insane. 
that's insane. But anyway, so uh, I've played a lot of that. Um, I also played um, uh, just qu- quickly. I'll get it. I'll do Blades last. I played um, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah, I played that. Too. Uh, my son and I played a lot of that yesterday. Man, that's a great game, and it's um, if you've played a Yoshi game, particularly if you played Yoshi's Woolly World, um, you'll kind of know the hook. But um, it's a really good game, and the the three dimensional aspect of it, where you can go into and out of the foreground, um, makes a huge world of difference. And I love the fact that when you finish a level, um, you do everything you know, you do your normal stuff in the level. Then you may get sent back to that level to do a souvenir hunt where you have to find something in the background, throw an egg at a certain number of them, and, and pick them up and take them back to somebody. Um, or you can play the level backwards, and you have to look for Poochie Pups. So Poochie is a character in the Yoshi's World universe where he's like a, a little kind of dog thing. Big mouth dog. Yeah, and there are uh, Poochie Pups in the level, and you go backwards through the level and you find the, the Poochie Pups, but what's cool is you're not just going backwards through the level, they've flipped the camera. So the art aesthetic of the game is that everything is crafted, like it's made out of cardboard boxes or yarn or whatever. And so when you go backwards through the level, you see some of the same set pieces that you saw when you went through it the first time, but you see them from the other side. So it might be like an old cereal box that somebody painted over, or you see the tape that's holding some of the stuff up <laughs> that you saw the first time. It's it's a really awesome um it, the art style and it's amazing. That's fantastic. And, uh, I I I genuinely um, can't wait to play more of that game. It's really really fun. Um, and then yeah, I guess other than that, um, Blades is the other big thing that I no 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 I did play the Mortal Kombat beta as well. Like I said, I played enough of it to to know that I'm gonna buy it day one and that I don't ever want to play it online. Um, and uh, yeah, so other than that, I played Elder Scrolls Blades. Uh, I'm playing on iPhone. And that game is interesting. Um, so everybody on the podcast knows I'm a huge Elder Scrolls nerd. Um, and I was really excited about an opportunity to sort of have a, a mobile Elder Scrolls game in that universe. Um, it is, number one, it's, it's pretty for a mobile game. Uh, the environments look great. Uh, the characters, not so much, but um, sometimes they look okay. But the um, the environments are really, really pretty. Um, the game itself, um, the controls are a little awkward. Um, you touch a spot on the ground where you want to walk, and you'll walk there. Um, sometimes that interferes with clicking to pick stuff up. So sometimes you'll try to pick something up, you'll walk right over top of it, and you try to pick it up at your feet, and you can't pick it up. You have to take a couple steps away and then come back and pick it up. Now, the game's in early access, I should mention, but still. Um, the combat is basically you um, uh, you hold down on the screen to fill a circle, and when the circle is full, you let go, and that launches your attack. Um, you do have spells. Um, you've got all the different weapons. I haven't found a bow yet. I don't know if bows are in the game or not. Um, 
the way it plays out, there's three different modes. There's the, um, I can't remember what they call it, but there's like the town mode where um, your your town has been destroyed and you have to rebuild it. Um, and that's sort of a single-player mode. Um, you have, um, it launches you into quests, but if they're not like open-world quests. Like you accept the quest and it drops you in a sort of instanced area uh, and you complete the quest and then you bail back out back to the hub um they're okay you know so far it's a little um uh sort of basic but i don't know how how much better they get there's also an abyss mode that i don't have unlocked yet i'm not sure if it's in early access and i just don't have it unlocked or if if it's not in there but um where it's it's almost like a uh dungeon crawl you have to see how deep into the dungeon you can make it before you die and then they have an online PvP multiplayer mode as well that I cannot imagine playing. Um, so does it doesn't have any story like NPCs and characters you get. It does, yeah. So there's there are NPCs in your town, um, and you can talk to them and they'll give you quests and stuff like that. It does have a story um, that I don't really know. I'm I'm still so early in; they haven't really unveiled a lot of the story yet. Um, but the the main part of the the main gist that happens as soon as you boot the game is your town's been destroyed and you got to rebuild it while also trying to find the people that destroyed it. And you're a member of the blades, um, which have been, or you were a member of the blades, which have been outlawed. Um, do you guys remember in Skyrim, they talk about the, the war between, um, uh, the empire and the Thalmor, the elves and, um, the Thalmor basically win, and there's a they they have a uh, an agreement where you're not allowed to worship a specific deity, and the Empire had to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the things they had to get rid of were like the secret police bodyguard kind of secret agency thing called the Blades. And you'll remember the Blades, and that plays into the story too. But I don't really quite know how yet because I'm still too early. But it definitely does have a story. Okay, so. so you know, for 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 free um, and in early access, it's been uh, you know it's been pretty enjoyable. Um, it's not you know something that you're going to spend 200 hours in. It's not a real um, and it's not a real sort of Elder Scrolls experience is the best way for me to put it. But it has been pretty enjoyable so far. All right. Uh, any any signs of the microtransactions and all that stuff? That yes, one hundred percent. So um, the game the game's version of, of uh, microcurrency is you have these gems. Uh, any chest that you find in a dungeon has a timer to unlock it. So if I find a wooden chest in a dungeon, it has a five second timer. So I say, open the chest. It loads for five seconds, and then it opens the chest and give me what gives me what's oh inside it. God. If it's a silver chest, it has a three hour timer. <laughs> uh, so it sits for three hours until the chest opens, and then you get what's inside it. Or you can pay to accelerate that with gems, and you do earn gems um, by you find them in chests. Sometimes, sometimes enemies will drop them. <laughs> um, but you can also um, pay real money for them as well. So, the the, the um, fact that the silver chest, not the highest tier of chest, takes three hours already is yeah. telling. And uh, for that reason, I'm out. It's yeah. So 
we'll see whether it's any more well balanced once it's out of early access. But um, you know, for free, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, considering I'm such a huge fan of that series, and uh, we'll see we'll see how it builds from there. Um, other than that, I did buy um, uh, Soul Calibur six off of um, uh, Next Egg because they had it on sale for twenty bucks. Um, so I got to wait for that to get here. But once that gets here, I'll be playing that as well. All right. Uh, uh, oh, and the one thing too that I will add, uh, I I'm almost done with the um, the Witcher novels. Um, I am uh, probably halfway through the last book, and then they they actually released a new sh- um, a new story as well that doesn't fit into the novel series. It actually takes place between some of the short stories. I have that to read as well, but it has really made me want to go back through and play those games again. So I'm trying to decide whether I have the time or desire to go back through and play those games again. But so that may happen. Have you played the uh, the uh, the Gwent game with the? No, I've got that on my list too. Uh, Thronebreaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've got that on. I've got that on my list too. Um, you, you to to pick that, that up. <clears throat> yep, that's it. All right, I'm on Micro Machines list because we're already at two hours. We ain't even got the releases and news yet. What's up? So, uh, I booted up Final Fantasy VII on the Xbox. That was weird. I don't think we need to talk about <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Um. I played Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. I forgot how fucking plodding and slow the beginning of that game is. How are the faces? Hey. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I saw. It's I mean, it's an Assassin's Creed game. It's going to have bad faces, right? Yeah, but if you look at the original game, it doesn't look that fucking bad. I don't know how they keep fucking this up. I don't know. I, I booted up uh, Liberation as well, and goddamn, I don't want to play that. Holy shit. No, that game's not a very good game. No. I, I was not a fan of it at all. You should see a PSP game blown up in 4K. I want to oh, I believe it. it. Oh, it's a Vita game, but... It's whatever. PSP, yeah. Vita, whatever. Uh, if it was a PSP game, it'd look far worse. Uh, I played a game called Metagal. I texted you about this, Drew. This game is like $4 right now on Xbox. I don't know if it's out anywhere else. I haven't seen it anywhere else. But listen to the name, Metagal. Mega Man? This game is fucking Mega Man. <laughs> I mean, straight up eight master robots. When you beat them, you take their powers. This game is wow. Mega Man. It sounds yeah. like Mega Man. And it actually plays really well. So if you like Mega Man, I might recommend you go pick this up. Also, if you like achievements, you can get a thousand points by beating the first level. It... <laughs> Isn't thousand points the platinum equivalent? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It says it's on everything, by the way. Okay, great, great. great. Yeah, it's, it's super cheap. And it's, it, like, I expected it to kind of play like garbage. But it literally feels like this dude just ripped off Mega Man. Like, there's even, oh, like, yeah. robot designs <laughs> straight out of Mega Man. I, I, I Google searched Metagirl, and I got the first hit, which is William Michael Morgan's I Met a Girl official video by YouTube. Oh, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> Metagal. 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 Okay. Um, right. Most of the stuff I played a lot of, we, we talked about. There is one game that I want to touch on. It's called Where the Bees Make Honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you talk about that. What you f- had that talk with your son already, Ken? What wow, the fuck is this game? So I boot the game up, and it starts off with you in an empty office with a phone ringing. And the first strike immediately against this game is there are no options, so I can't flip my my vertical camera. 
So I'm having to play with, you know, normal controls. And the, 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 the technical performance of it is just awful. Like, it is chugging and stopping like it's trying to load. And you're literally walking around an empty office. Man, you, you abuse that controller, whoever's doing that. Drew. That's me. Yeah, jeez, a Pete. What are you playing, Drew? What do you think I'm playing? I don't know, you're going at it with the controller. It must be intense. But, uh. It's Overwatch. God damn it. So, I fucking. Don't you play on PC? Yeah, he plays with a controller. You didn't know that? Even. Alright. Dude, I'm pretty good with a controller. (laughs) So, yeah, you start off in this office, somebody calls you and asks you to find a stapler, a calculator, and a notepad. When you go find them, it opens a door that you have to go down, and all of a sudden it turns into a side-scrolling game that looks like uh, Claymation. And then it turns into a really cheap Captain Toad game where you got to collect three bee honeycombs, which plays like shit. And it's like telling the story as it goes through that I'm not following at all. And then all of a sudden you turn into a rabbit that controls worse than the original Tomb Raider. Woo, a rabbit? Yeah. You're a rabbit running down this long hallway, and you can always tell when you made it to a point where you're supposed to go, because it'll trigger a dialogue. Okay. Are you sure you didn't just, like, take a hit of acid, or...? I thought I did. I turned it off, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm good now. I don't know what this game is, what it's trying to be. It runs like shit. Like, absolute shit. So, speaking of shit we talked about earlier, while everybody else was talking about games... I figured out what Generation Zero is. You have to collect a bunch of shit, and then you move on. Fuck this game I'm uninstalling. <laughs> I just had the game freeze, because like, I had a graphical glitch that I recorded, and then as soon as I recorded it, the game froze, and would let me get the gameplay. Um, video games are weird. Video games are weird right now. So like, after playing Where the Bees Make Money, I booted up this game called Driving Essentials. <laughs> it's literally a fucking driving... Fucking tutorial. It's a t- yeah. It teaches you how to use turn signals, and how to make stops, how to parallel park. It's a weird fucking game. What's the achievements for this game? I don't know. Uh, finish the lessons. Oh, okay. You get you have like a hundred meter at the top, and every time you fuck up, it takes a little away. Can you like total your car? No, it immediately stops the game if you try to go too fast or run into uh, another car. Ah, boo. Yep. Boo. Uh, Boo this man. And the other game I played this week I actually really enjoy is called Xenon Racer. And it is probably the closest thing I've seen to a Ridge Racer game in a very long time. It's straight up, like it even has like the techno intro flashing through some futuristic cities. And then like when you get into the game, it's all (coughs) about drifting around them corners, baby. It's actually really good. Just drift and sun, fast to furious. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drifting. But uh, I'm having a ball with that game. I, I hope it continues to be good. The AI seems to ramp up in the second and third level, so we'll see. I don't like a uh, racing game. Also, it has an option for graphics and performance. Don't ever turn the graphics on in this game. Holy shit. That frame rate tanks. <laughs> it's a bad time. But anyway... Uh, most of the big stuff I played, we talked about DOA or uh, Mortal Kombat, Generation Zero, Sekiro. So I'm not going to go too much. I spent a lot of time playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey this week. I've really fallen back into that game. 
And I played Yoshi. I played through the first two worlds of Yoshi. Um, I'm making a slow progress because I'm collecting every goddamn thing. Every flower, every red coin, every poochie pup. I'm doing everything in that game, but it is so, so good. Uh, but let's talk about what's coming out this week. We've got Anger Force Reloaded. Bomber Crew, the complete edition. Far Lone Sales. Modern Tales, the Age of Intervention. Sorry, the Age of Invention. <laughs> Not Intervention. <laughs> It'll be alright. Monster Dynamite. It's a long show, Jay. Uh, Power. Hey, as, as it is not my fault in the slightest, I take no responsibility for that at all, man. That, that's Jesus true. Christ. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid makes PS4 this week. It was out Switch and Xbox last week. Uh, Sephirothic Stories. So it's a Final Fantasy VII spinoff? Yeah, it's the One-Winged Angel Tales. You know. mm-hmm. I'll play it. Uh, it's not really, so don't play it. Uh, Sword and Fairy 6. I must have missed the first five. I don't... Are we on the PC games right now? What's happening Nope, here? I'm what in console games, baby. Alright. It's gotten bad over here. I just talked about a game called Where the Bees Make Honey and Driving Essentials, okay? Console games are weird now, too. So, Sword and Fairy 6, because I didn't, I figured it was going to be one of those, like, Tecmo RPGs, is like a full 3D wow. RPG. I've never heard of this series before. This is apparently the sixth one, so... Yeah. Uh... Kind of dipping into news, but Borderlands Game of the Year Edition comes out this week for PS4, Xbox One, and if you own it on PC, you get a free update. Sweet. Uh, Bow to Blood, The Last Captain Standing. Uh, Scorsery? Is that how you say Scorsery? I don't know. First DLC pack for We Happy Few. Remember that game? Nope. Yep, nobody else does either. Uh, Beat Blaster. The spiritual successor to Burnout, Dangerous Driving, is out next week. Uh, okay. Falcon Age, which is a VR Falcon simulator. I heard that game was cool. I, the guy that made it used uh, was actually with the guys that made Monday Night Combat. Remember that game? I don't. I do. Yeah, yeah I do. That game was I cool. Do. That game was cool. And there was Super Monday Night Combat, and then... Then it <laughs> shut cool. down, yeah. Yeah, Uber Entertainment. Yeah, the same guy that ran Uber Entertainment uh, is the head of the development studio on this. They're called Outer Loop Games, I believe. Is it? It's not. What, what was his name? Eka. Eka something. I can't. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. But I, I met him at PAX one year. Super nice guy. Yeah, I, I actually dealt with him a lot. I reviewed Monday Night Combat back whenever I was still with the old website that I run, and um, he was actually one of the few. PR people that would actually talk to me. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Really nice in person, too. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Wright, the Ace Attorney, Ace Attorney trilogy. Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney. It should be called the <laughs> Ace Attorney. They should call it Ace Attorney. Hell yeah, dude. I play that. <laughs> yeah, that's better than the trilogy. I think that's basically on every yeah, platform. Yeah, it's on phone. Switch, it's- Xbox, PlayStation, PC. I think it's everywhere. If yeah. you can't get yeah. a hold of the original... Because they're actually better games on the originals, because they cut out animations in the remake. This is still good. It's just get the originals if you can. Nobody's nobody's searching those out. Just buy his tw- thirty I'm bucks. Just it's thirty bucks. World of Tanks Rollout Collector's Edition, uh, Zanky Zero, 
which we talked about earlier. Again, yeah, Jay, if I when you asked me for it, I was like, are you are you speaking in tongues? I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. If it wasn't by the creators of Danganronpa, I would have never it up by myself. But it's cool. Uh, we also have Desperados Three, uh, Frame Dragon's Odyssey. I don't know where these games are coming from. Uh, Royal Roads, Smoot World Cup Tennis. Wow. Yeah. Oh, fucking Switch. Here we go. Darkest Hunter. A bunch of the stuff we already talked about. Darksiders, the War Mastered Edition. Spellkeeper. Shadowblade Reload. Is it Hob or Hob? It's Hob. Hob is coming to the Switch this week. That's crazy that they're actually releasing that. That studio is completely gone. Yep. Yeah, but the publisher's not, and they're going to fucking milk that... Dead corpse. All it's uh, worth. When is that Torchlight game supposed to come out? Who fucking knows? Uh, Mextermination Force. <laughs> Overwhelm. Pitfall Planet. Pressure Overdrive. Royal Advisor. Smashing the Battle. The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? Uh, that Friends last of one. Ringo? Ishikawa, yeah. That's a, um, oh god, uh, River City uh, ripoff. Okay. War Theater, Circuits, Godly Core, Monster Slayers, Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission, Yet Another Zombie Defense HD, and Zombie Scrapper. Also, Mixed Termination Force is the uh, game that's by, uh, the um, Gunmind Clive developer. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Need to play. I that. knew that I recognized the name. I just couldn't remember who made it. Um, PC games. I'm only going to name one because there's a lot of hentai this week. Uh, Bears and tanks. How's that? <laughs> hey, at least it's not yeah, bears and tanks. Watch, watch, what what watch. you don't know is that's a hentai. It's going to be. Too good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do news. I'm rapid firing, man. We. Long show. Uh, Xenoblade Dev is apparently hiring for a new Legend of Zelda project. That's an oh, interesting what? headline, right? I know Xenoblade... Uh, you're talking about Monolith Soft, right? Yeah, Monolith Soft is recruiting for an unnamed new Zelda title. Yo, I'm in, man. Yeah, I'm on, I don't yeah, I'm, that. In. I'm on board. What, I don't know what that is. Like, they did the whole thing with the the Crypt, uh, crypt of the Necrodancer with the Zelda. That looks awesome. I'm I'm liking the fact that Nintendo's throwing Zelda around to other people. Yeah, but people. they worked on they worked on the last Zelda. Monolith. Well, stuff? they helped. They helped. Yes. They helped with Breath of the Wild, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They did. yeah. So, uh, but, uh, Borderlands Three. We talked about Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. Yep. But Borderlands Three is coming. Well, they yeah. charge for Game of the Year Edition for Borderlands One. Thirty bucks. Mm. They're also updating the Handsome Collection to 4K on Tuesday, I believe. Okay. So if you've got that, you can... That was a very confusing announcement, because at first I thought they were charging for a new game. Yeah, they kind of throw in that they're the first game's going on sale at a horrible time. Yeah, that was a horror trailer. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird, confusing trailer, because they were like, saves transfer over from same console family. I was like, but I already own it. Does that mean I get it? Or what the hell's going on? You know, I didn't understand it at first. But anyway, there you go. You can play all the Borderlands games on current consoles. What does it mean? Borderlands? First, 
Borderlands is probably the best Borderlands. Well, it's out on Tuesday for thirty bucks. I don't know. I really, really get it. Borderlands, so, Borderlands Two is really good. It's really good. It's just like that game is all about high level loot. Like, not, at one point, you should just stop looking at lower level loot, so it just becomes a waste of resources. Yeah, but Diablo like, the first is the same game, way. Yeah, but in the first game, I could look at green stuff still in like end game, and it still might be better than what I have. That was the problem with two is that everybody ended up using the same weapons because you all had to fight the boss to farm. Oh. I, I don't know. I just don't know that I'm ready for another Borderlands until three comes out. I don't feel the need. Yeah, to... Yeah, no, I don't know if I need to jump into original. No. Nah. Uh, I know somebody said it earlier, but Ridge Racer. Uh... Ridge. Cause Hirai is retiring. So, it's a shame. Yeah. Well, he had already stepped down, right? Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. In, he wasn't in the front of. Uh, he was like the main dude at Sony now, not just PlayStation. So yeah. Uh, Crash Nitro or Crash Team Racing will feature tracks from uh, Nitro Fueled, which was the sequel. So that's pretty cool. Sega announced the new Socket Wars. Uh, yeah, which is a big thing because I think this is the first one to come in English. In oh, Soccer Wars is a game I hear a lot of people talk about, but I don't ever actually know anybody that plays it. No, I, I, played, I played one of them. The only thing I know about it is there was a pre-order bonus for a mouse pad with boobies. Breasts. Breasts. I think uh, I think I think they had the game. So Soccer Wars is a long-running uh, game series from uh, Sega, and it has quite the following in uh, in Japan. But only one game was ever localized as a state officially, and that was for the PS2 and for the Wii. Uh, Sucker Wars So Long My Love, I believe it was called. I played it, I actually really enjoyed it. That's one of the first games to do the whole, you know how, uh, people think of Walking Dead as the game that kind of revolutionized, like, uh, dialogue trees and how, like, you have a set amount of time in order for you to respond. Well, before you kind of get chosen like a random one or like you just choose silence. Like, Sakura Wars did that way before that game did. And um, it really took this like SRPG game with these dating sim, with this RPG elements, and kind of mashed these all together with this like cohesive anime story. And uh, it was actually quite enjoyable. And um, it's been kind of out of the limelights for so many years that everyone thought that the series was dead forever. To, so that to hear that not only is there a new one coming out, but we're actually gonna be getting one in the states, like guaranteed in 2020, it's just awesome news for everyone. Speaking of 2020, Sega also revealed that Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games are coming, and they're also okay. announcing three other Olympic titles for all machines. So. If I yawn anymore, I might unhinge my jaw. But the Switch guys, man, it's a, it's a great game. It's a great game. Valve has confirmed they're creating their own VR headset. It's called the Valve Index, and it's set to launch in May. Right. I'm curious about the technology. Well, there goes Drew. Bye, Drew. Bye, everybody. I got to go. So, yeah. What else is going on? If you care about firmware, there's a new stability update for the PlayStation 4. Uh, EA has announced that Anthem update implements loot changes and legendary missions for those that are still following the Anthem. Sega also announced what we all knew was coming eventually, the Genesis Mini. Yeah, I'm going to end up with two of these. Couple of the Japanese one's different. Couple of notes about this, M2 is actually doing the the um emulation 
So that's a good yes, thing. They are. And they've announced a handful of games that will be available at launch. It is uh, 40 games total. Will be $80. Fucking packed with a three-button controller. What is wrong with you, Sega? <laughs> but a couple of the announced games we have so far. We have Echo the Dolphin, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Castlevania Bloodlines, Shining Force, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Altered Beast, and Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, get all that treasure shit on there. Thanks. Oh. Um, so, yeah. M2's and that's what sells this. M2 is probably the group for emulation. Um, um, I'm not sure about you guys, but like, I grew up with a Sega Genesis. I didn't have a Super have Nintendo of my own. So I have a lot of really good memories with the Genesis. But uh, at the same time, like, I don't know, man. Like, when I think about my favorite 16-bit games, most of them are still kind of on Super Nintendo. I'm not going to say that yep. Genesis doesn't have any yeah. like, fantastic titles, but I can't think of, like, 20 games that I love on the Genesis compared... Like, that's super easy for Super Nintendo, but I can't do it for Genesis. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I never had a Genesis uh, until later. Mm-hmm. Um, super Nintendo, by far, has all my memories of the 16-bit era, which is my favorite era, so... Well, I know the game that I want won't be on there, and it's not even the good version of it anyway, so it don't matter. Road Rage. Eternal Champions, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what that game is, Ken. Fighting uh, game. It's um, the not Ge- a very good fighting game. The Genesis no, version not. is a bad game. The Sega okay, CD. They're not either of them are. You either. know what? You can shut the fuck up right now because the Sega you CD version. You can be wrong all you want. The Sega <laughs> CD version game. is a beautiful game. It's, it's beautiful. Okay. I I did prefer the Mortal Kombat. I, I like games everybody to Genesis. know that Ken. Ken needs glasses to see, and obviously he doesn't wear them when he's playing that game. Oh no, I I still watch gifs oh, of the Cinema Kills. He, the, 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 the kills are fun, but that game isn't. I don't play the game for that, I play to kill. That's the only reason I play uh, that game. The, well, Mortal Kombat does game both. On the Genesis, didn't need the code for the blood, right? But the Super mm, Nintendo no, one no, did. No, 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 the, the Genesis version had the code, Super Nintendo had sweat. Wait, no, I thought the Super Nintendo one, you had to use the code to no, get the blood. No, but the Genesis one all. just had no, it. No, the Genesis version right. had the code, A-B-A-C-A-B-B. The Super Nintendo version did not have a code because it did not have blood. Ah, oh, is that how that worked? That changed, that's why people said it was a superior version. Yeah, the cha- they changed it for the second game. Both games had the blood just right out of the box. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but the first man, game... I played a lot of Mortal Kombat, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on my Genesis, man. That was a good, yeah. good times. Yeah. That was a good game. Sony has announced that Dreams is coming to early access in April, so if you want to check that out. Oh, snap, that game is actually coming out? Well, early access version, it's not fun. Oh, okay. Again, they need to have those people building stuff early on, otherwise that game will flop big do, time. Do you know what year they first revealed Dreams? Wasn't it still, like, mid-PS3 lifespan? I do not Basically, because they didn't make they didn't make Little Big Planet three. Twenty thirteen is when yeah. they revealed Dream, so that was six years ago. Yep, it's finally so, coming yeah, to early access. It's coming well, out to early after access. seeing some of the stuff done with the early early beta or whatever they called it. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can see the where the work went into it. Uh, Bethesda has finally given us a glimpse at the next Wolfenstein game, uh, Young Blood. Yeah. 
It is a co-op game, but I guess you can play it single player. The cool thing is if you buy the deluxe edition, which I believe is $10 more, you get what they call a buddy pass. So somebody else can play without having to buy the game. But they have to play with you. Well, absolutely. That's how yeah. buddy pass I'm just. Works. I'm making it clear for anybody that thinks it's... I don't know. I, I really like that series. I watched that trailer... And I was like, man, this just looks stupid. But the trailer, the trailer <laughs> didn't show anything of actual quality. It, it showed like enough dialogue for me to be like, what the hell is this well, dialogue? I, it's terrible. Not to, not to get on like a weird soapbox, but I didn't think Wolfenstein 2's dialogue. No, it, it wasn't that great, game. but it also wasn't. Like, this is one of those things where it's like, it feels like a 14-year-old wrote the dialogue. It feels like they're trying too hard to be... That thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, did you hear I said fuck? I said fuck like six times. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I said it like six times. Give me a fist bump and make it explode. Right. Yeah, it felt like it was trying very, very, very hard. The the Ubisoft problem with Far Cry is now (laughs) bleeding into other developers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just, it's a weird thing. Like, I get it. I know what you're going for. Like, Blood Dragon tried a little too hard at points, but it hit some good stuff, so... Yeah, but Blood Dragon also was the first, and also went out of the way to be fully absurd, and this game is still not going to be... Like, it's not trying to be fully comedic, because there's still going to be that serious, we have to take down the Nazis story. Well, that's even Blood a Dragon, at this Blood point. Dragon yeah. literally starts off with you... Like fighting cyborgs that have human hearts. Yeah, stuff. but like, it, like the punching Nazis thing has almost become like a a meme now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I get it that it's a serious thing, but it's also not very I, serious. I, I honestly, I really liked Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. I did, but the tone of that game, in comparison to the first game, where I felt like I was going up against this like evil regi- regime, the Second game felt dumb in comparison. It felt like somebody trying to do a Tarantino movie, in like with like plot. And if you've ever seen someone trying to rip off a Tarantino movie, none of them are good. No. None of them. And it felt like that, but video game film. I mean, we'll see. It's really soon. It's in July, so it's not that far away. I'll play it. I mean, the game still plays well. The other three games have played well, so I'm gonna hope that this one plays just as well. But. Uh, Yacht Club Games has announced their next uh, publishing effort will be a game called Cyber Shadow, and it looks a hell I saw of a trailer for that. That actually looks like fun. Looks like a lot like the Messenger. <laughs> it, it does, but I haven't played the Messenger yet. So I'm ah! the, hey, the listen, messenger. I have not played Mega Man Eleven. <gasps> wow, I have not Jay. played the Messenger. Listen, I told you it was embarrassing. You guys didn't believe me. <laughs> Gosh, it's man. bad, right? It's bad. Mega Man, Mega Man Eleven is so good, and it's only like three so hours. Good. Go play it. Listen, I need to sink it, sink deep into the sixty-hour RPG before I do that. Okay, I got time for that. <laughs> All right, I got my priorities straight. I don't know how to divvy up my hours in the right way. You know, don't even worry about that. Uh, it was really nice to see, though, that the messenger staff actually wished them good luck and said it looked good on Twitter. Like publicly, they've come out and like. Acknowledged that. Yeah, and the so, messenger. Yeah, ninjas are awesome. <laughs> yeah, the messenger just dropped on PS4 too, so that's cool. More people to play it. Did you uh, say PS2? Sorry, PS4. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It probably run on PS2. It's fine. Oh, it definitely run on PS2. Yeah. Uh, SNK announced a Samurai Showdown, a Sam Show collection, which is pretty cool. 
they also showed off a new, the first new character for Samurai Showdown. Was it six? What are they calling this one? The new one that's coming out? Uh, that's at Evo? Kratos. Not, no, the name of the Sam Show game. Not Kratos? No. <laughs> Samurai Showdown Kratos. Hey, Kratos would fit right in in Samurai Showdown, man. Kratos already made his fighting game appearance. Soul Calibur. He was in and, Mortal, Mortal Kombat 9. And he was in Soul Calibur. Yep. He wasn't in Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur Broken Destiny. Oh, that's not a real Soul Calibur. Stop with yourself. It's, it's a PSP Soul Calibur. Like I said, counts. it's nice not a try. real Soul Calibur. Fighting games on handhelds don't that count. I shit on your, your shitty fighting game, Ken, but don't take it out on any Soul Calibur games. No, no. Legends Fighting games on portable systems don't work. That's why MK11 shouldn't be bought on the Switch. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's also why... Switch uh, version? Uh, yeah, there yeah. is a Switch version of MK11. Apparently, they saw people saw it at PAX. They weren't allowed to film it, but they said it was running at 60, but... Um, obviously, that, uh, <laughs> it looks like Virtual Fighter. Yeah, it oh. obviously didn't look like the one that Wombat and I played. Uh, Apple announced their game streaming service called Apple Arcade. You can play it on anything. Oh, it's, not, it's not streaming necessarily because you get to download it and can play offline, which they made a very clear point of, I guess, in response to Google's Stadia. I guess I don't play games enough in the Apple ecosystem to care if I can download them or not. Yeah, I'm just saying it is there for people that want to do it. I mean, they lost me a long time ago, so... You want to hear the weirdest news story that kind of came and went? Nobody, Not many people were, like, questioning it. They announced a new Lord of the Rings game this week. Yeah, from uh, Daedalic, right? Yeah, based around Gollum. Yeah. Their animation is great, so I'm hoping... Um, I'm hoping they stick with their art style that's, like, in... Um, oh, God, what's the... Uh, Deponia sort of thing? Hoping they kind of use that art style and that animation and do a Gollum game. I guess I just. I'll end up playing it. So. Yeah, um, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. That's really about all the news I got that's fit to print anyway. Uh, I have one piece of news. Uninstalling Generation Zero was the hardest thing it refused to uninstall. <laughs> okay. I sat there and I was like. Oh god, it's not going to be done. I'd have like hard like turn off the Xbox and then turn it back on to get it to uninstall. It refused to blue, refused to leave. So don't buy that game because it'll, it'll just attach itself permanently to your console. Fuck. All right, uh, we have an email from Mookie, but I'm gonna hold it for next week since this show is so long. But I'm gonna get to the tweets. Uh, Mookie did tweet us and said I should remind myself to take a break when playing Dead Cells. The addiction is real. Uh, he also said, stop being so angry, Anthony, on Phoenix Down. <laughs> I wasn't... I mean, that's the whole I wasn't even on. series. Uh, well, they that, yeah, play that. games, right? Yeah, well, that, and I wasn't even on last episode, because I accidentally slept in. Uh, Real Shogun Beats has a tweet that, like, really resonates with my heart. He says, I must be getting old. They announced Borderlands 3, and my first thought is, oh, God, look at all that loot. There's no way I have enough time to play this game. Yeah, but yep. this one has guns uh, with legs. Guns yeah. with legs! Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, but you don't have to collect all trillion guns to finish Shh. the game. Jay, if I don't collect all one trillion guns, I'm doing it wrong. I guess, I mean, like, yeah, at that point, why even play play the game? Right? Yeah, I mean, You're not a real gamer. Yeah, right. I'm not You're a right. real gamer. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Chad says, just installed a mesh network from my house yesterday, and this thing is awesome. Previously used a Wi-Fi extender and a Powerline AC satellite boxes. I noticed my mobile Wi-Fi jumped up uh, three times, and my PS4 jumped about five speeds. Only costs about $150, and it's pretty easy to install. What is that? Does anybody know exactly what that is? No, I, I have no idea. It's, uh, it's uh, the Google thing. Instead of, instead of just having uh, the extenders for your Wi-Fi, they have this mesh network technology. It's fancy, but the technology itself is pretty sweet, and the results are pretty conclusively positive. So if I've you got lo- the money, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I've looked into those things. What is the um, the one that has like four – what is it? Is it like Sonos or something like that? Yeah. I can't yeah, think I forget of- the name of it, but I, I helped my friend install his not too long ago, like – back and he's uh, loving it yeah that thing is like $400 though and I just couldn't bring myself to pay for that you know uh, you can buy it on sale for like 250 300 usually yeah, that's still so. that's still super pricey when I'm already paying you know, I, and I have the good router so I have like the $300 router right, right. but, like on but t- the thing is like uh, my friend's property is like huge and there's a lot of people on the Wi-Fi, and he also wants like the Wi-Fi signal to be strong, like on the outside deck, and by like the the porch and the veranda, and by the pool and stuff like that. No, so that if you sense. got a really a wide range of multiple levels and stuff like that that you want to cover, and you don't want to really sacrifice uh, latency, consistency, and speeds, then you you want to go with mesh. I mean, you are literally really, if you've got a veranda, that's when. <laughs> yeah, that's when <laughs> I was gonna say if you know, I mean, if you're living the high life where you can you need Wi-Fi at the pool. You can probably mm-hmm. afford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. He's, he's well off. <laughs> um, Justin also sent us a couple tweets last week that we must have missed because the show, I guess, ended before he tweeted. He said, "Hey, I finished Transformers: War for Cybertron. It's still amazing. I checked out the trophies after, and surprised to only see that only 15% of players actually beat it. And really surprised that there's still over 30 people playing online today. Because uh, I played some Horde mode." Next up is the Ghostbusters game. Going to keep the PS3 games going until Days Gone comes out, but I'm still playing Beat Saber regularly. Yeah, I want to pick up Beat Saber when it goes on sale. That's on my to-do list. Yeah, I need to pick that up when it's on sale. I'm not paying 30 bucks for it right now. Yeah, like 15 is a sweet spot for me. Yeah. Uh, he also says, so I beat Ghostbusters since then. I uh, didn't know the PS3 version had motion control as an option, and it works great. Now I'm on to Transformers Fall of Cybertron. It's so much fun and fixes all the small problems from the war for Cybertron. Those games are good. He says, playing these games hope, makes me hope that the rumors are true, that the PS5 will be backward compatible with all PlayStation home consoles. If anyone can figure it out, it's Mark Cerny. Yeah, Cerny, a lot of respect to him and his... I guess engineering prowess. I think the PS4, uh, especially, is a pretty good piece of hardware for how easy it is to program for, and how uh, you know they just manage to just kind of optimize a lot of the aspects of what it is is kind of like poor hardware, and got a you know is able to pull out the kind of processing power you need for games like Spider-Man and God of War, which seems like if if God of War and Spider-Man came out for the PS5, those games would still be great. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's how yeah. great those games look. So I'm I'm pretty impressed, and I hope for PS5. We've been talking about all those rumors about backwards compatibilities being patented by Sony and stuff. I would love that. Like if they can make make a system that plays PS1 to PS5 PS5 games all together in one device. Let's think about how amazing that would be. Yeah, that's the only awesome. the only one that I can always see them having an issue with like, really is. Uh, PS3. PS3, yeah, because even now they can't do it on PS4. They have to stream it, so... 
Because, like, from the sounds of it, P- like, I mean, PS2 emulations basically done on PC through, like, you know, indies. Uh, PS1 is fairly easy, like, super easy. And, like, PS4 is PC. Yeah, so PS5 should so be the same architecture. Should, yeah. yeah, it's it's only PS3 with their whatever it's called. Cell processor. Uh, emotion engine, engine, right? Emotion was PS2. No. Oh. PS3 was Cell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had those like, funky processors back then. And that's the reason why, like, when uh, the PS3 emulator people, I can't remember what it's called, uh, put out that it could play Persona 5 and then Atlas got angry, was because you have to build the whole the emulation, like, per game. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tough thing to do. You know, Microsoft figured it out with Xbox One, and I think that's some, ge- some genius software engineering. But if the PS5 is backward compatible with all five generations of PlayStation, that is, like, the ultimate box, man. Uh, yeah. Honestly, like, I'd be happy, perfectly happy with just PS4 and PS5 games in one box. That way I don't have to keep my PS4 plugged in still. You yes. Know? yes. That'd be good enough yeah. for me, but like, to if they are able to do that whole entire hardware, you know, where they go through the lineage of every PlayStation they've ever made and just being able to fit it into one box, even if it's $500 on launch, I'm most likely just... Yeah, I'd, I'd oh, it up. absolutely, $500. Because- especially if I can play like those hundreds of PS1 classics I bought on the PS3. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's the most irritating part too, because like say you like all those are just locked onto a PS3 or yeah. PS Vita or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. just software, and, and it's I, the easiest thing that it's the easiest of that generation to um, emulate. Like yeah. N64 and Saturn are super hard, and if PS1 you can literally just drop a disc into your PC right now and download an emulator that works in seconds. Like, yeah, I have. You know, I have a PS3 and a 360, and I refuse to hook them up because I have no purpose for them outside of older games. And the PS3, it's just PS1 at this point, and I just yeah. I can't bring myself to hook it up just for that. Uh, not to mention the PlayStation Store on the PS3 is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> that whole yeah. console doesn't run well now. No. Like it never ran well, and it runs worse. Yeah. Uh, Dustin says the Genesis Mini with M2 handling the emulation is going to be top tier. Uh, that MK trailer with the classic versus new actually has me a little excited. It's so funny because a couple of things he talks about happened at State of Play, and nobody remembers State of Play. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it had it, that good Mortal Kombat trailer and that, yeah, Mortal Kombat really trailer, misleading Iron the, Man trailer. The music in that Mortal Kombat trailer sells it. The old school hip hop with and Ice Cube, switches man. To new, yeah, switches to new, whatever whoever it was, and I was like, that's. Man, I I am so excited about the story in Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same oh. here. It's gonna be such a great rental for me. Can you believe? Can you believe it's three weeks? No. Three weeks. Oh, three yeah, real soon. weeks. Yeah. Well, good thing we're not playing any games or anything like that that we have obligations for right now. I mean, now. everything else right shuts right down right when MK comes in. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> the site just becomes a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat tips and tricks every day. Uh, uh, no Man's Sky VR is going to be sweet. Yeah, they announced that too. Yeah, I might jump in again. This this tweet made me chuckle. Uh, I bet Metal Jesus Rocks will have a Left Alive, will have Left Alive on Hidden Gym video in ten years and have a bunch of positive things to say about it. Holy shit! I. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
You nailed that one. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Uh, he says, it, so it now, not be. You, no, it will be. Uh, so now Apple wants us to pay monthly for mobile games. <laughs> no, I'm good. Man. You know, yeah, I'm all good. You know, I, I, I don't have an Apple device, so I really don't have any stake in it. But they also have said that they're going to put money towards getting like exclusives made, which is a bit different than another digital storefront, Epic. Who is not putting money towards game development, but is just paying devs for games that are done to be exclusive? So I have to at least give them credit that they're going to developers and like giving them money to make exclusive games. I mean, that might fall apart. That's what they've said, and they, you know, what you say and what you do are two different things. But it'll be interesting if they get that done properly. Uh, he says her story was a really cool game, so I'm excited for the next one called Telling Lies. Oh, they got a new game coming out? Yeah. You know, I, I never got to play her story for myself, but I did watch like a playthrough. It's one of those things that I kind of missed the timing on, and I just kind of saw someone stream it a little bit. And I love the concept of it, so maybe I'll be able to try to go, you know, get into this one uh, blind. I nice. didn't didn't play her story, but I played Contradiction, which came out around the same time. I really like that, so... I'll be. Uh, I'll probably jump into this one day one. I heard great things about her story, it just didn't interest me. The time. Uh, next week says so. Some guy beat Sekiro in under an hour already. Sounds like it needs a hard mode. It does have a hard <laughs> mode, actually. Yeah, I know the bell, right? What ch- what, what changes the, in the hard mode? Uh, well, the the bell is something that you can access during the actual game in the first playthrough. But the real hard mode is in New Game Plus. Where you get this item from uh, your master, and you can choose to give it back to him. And giving it back to him actually makes it so that you actually end up taking chip damage from all your blocked attacks. As long as they're not perfect parries. And they call it chip damage, but it's actually enormous Russian (laughs) damage that you take from each of your blocked attacks. It's like you block an enemy's attack and you're like, oh, I just lost a third of my life by blocking this attack. So probably not not do that anymore. So so if they can do that, that's what I'm saying. If they can do then they can do it. Easy mode, which I'm not saying should be easier mm-hmm. by a lot, but you know what I mean? We'll resurface this in a minute. Just give me a second. I'll get there. Oh, no. uh, we had another Photoshop this week. Settled Falcon says, John W. has no hair. He is bald, but I've always wondered how he would look with hair. Using state-of-the-art Photoshop technique, I transferred his majestic beard onto the top of his head. Behold! I'm, I'm I got to look for this. Oh, yeah, wow. hold on. I got to go to Twitter now. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, let me check the replies. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. Oh, man. Whew. That's, uh, that's a something. Hold oh, on. Jesus oh, there we Christ. go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is fantastic. Alright, here we go. Uh, Mookie, this was for Drew. Drew's now here, says, I'm using ExpressVPN and I'm watching season three of Riverdale, Drew, so what up? Uh, Um, Now more than ever, it's a good time to invest in the VPN if you haven't already. It's just nice to have in your back pocket when you need it. He says, I've been watching a lot of Dave Chappelle videos lately. Can't stop, won't stop. Finish it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Chivalry is dead and women killed it. Does he misses uh, Mike Futter laughing with you mofos on this show? Uh, 
He says, tech nowadays are making something so easy, so let Gambus Khan come to the show. Come on now, how hard can it be? I want to see them ponytails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alright, you ready for... <sighs> this is the kind of stuff I was talking about earlier. Um, I want to... I wanna... I want to dig into this. Dustin says, Never seen so many grown-ass men whine about an easy mode. If you don't have the time or patience, the game isn't for you. He he put it sure. in a very toxic way. Yeah. Uh, but it is true that not everything is for everyone, and a game that is what made what everyone in mind will truly be for no one. So I, I agree with the sentiment, just, just word it better. Oh, it gets better. Hold I, I, on. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Dustin doesn't mean negative it, about it. It keeps going. Uh, since Sekiro has you focusing on parrying instead of hack and slash, it requires a different skill most gamers don't have. That being said, it takes time to adjust to the game and how you should play it, but once you get back down to basics, you should be able to progress just fine. Also, if you find a boss giving you hell, take some time and explore other parts of the game. Just like Dark Souls, there's usually two or three paths you can explore, and the more you play, the better you get. So this whole soul, this whole sentiment... Uh, gatekeeping argument seems like an excuse. Games are on the easy side nowadays, and we're accustomed to the main skill sets they require, so when a game comes along and pushes us back with a new set of skills to learn, it's unfair. The notion of every that every game should have an easy mode is ridiculous. If I hop on Overwatch and keep dying, should I get an easy mode so all my shots are one-hit kills, or play more and learn the maps and learn from my mistakes, and how to use my hero better? I have a feeling you don't understand what the point of a handicap is. Because well, a handicap, well, no, like, I'm serious. If you're playing a sport, if somebody gets, gets a handicap, it doesn't make them a better player. It just puts them in a different starting position. And and this idea is not, it's, it's irritating to hear this, because it's like, I'm not saying, make it easy for me. I'm still saying, I'm just saying, like, there's a point where this becomes unfun. For me, like you know, what I mean, that's not. It, I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry, it's just upsetting to keep hearing the same shit. Up, get good. It's like that's not an excuse. And I'm and using the word unfair and is not the same as using the word difficult. I would not say Dark Souls is unfair. No, it never it's, has been. It's time consuming. I don't have infinite amounts of time. And to say, well, then it's not for you. Well. Fucking okay, that's a really easy way to brush it off. That's not like that's still not a reason. <laughs> oh, and just to clarify his Overwatch comment, if you want to see all the maps and characters in Overwatch, you can totally do that in an easy mode. And you're uh, you're well, you're penalized yeah. for it too because you don't earn any XP. Yeah, you, you don't want to quantify multiplayer only games with single player experience. No, th there's that too, but just to, just in an example of wanting to see everything Overwatch does, you can see that without any without any restraints. I I think I think I will stick by my point where I said that it's not about the challenge, it's not about the difficulty or the skills and the reflexes that we need to focus on. It's more so in the way we learn, mm -hmm. the way we are able to train ourselves and gather things. Because when I watch people uh, play Sekiro, I, I after I finished the game, I decided to hop on stream. Which, by the way, it's like eighty thousand people were like streaming Sekiro. I don't know how many there were. I think one one of the earlier days was over like a hundred thousand people. I guess the uh, the Souls effect of how like people like to watch those games being streamed uh, still applies. But anyway, so when I was watching it, I saw a person kept 
keep dying to this mini boss, doing the same thing over and over again, changing nothing, learning nothing from the mistakes that he was making that was getting him killed. And I pondered like if if this is your learning experience and this is how you're able to get through a game then of course it's going to take you a long time it's not because you have poor reflexes it's just that you are not trying to apply the things that happen to you and trying to figure out a solution based on the experiences that you had after you are defeated by a boss you should have been observing uh, observing the the boss's movement patterns and their attack and trying to figure out an edge that you can have to make things easier for you and i think it's with the mentality shift once again the approach change the attitude change that is all that's required it's not it, it doesn't matter who you are i don't care if you're a grandmother of 85 years old i think they can also beat this game too all they need to do is just change the way they decide to learn the game well, here's so, a here's an interesting point that we didn't bring up, and it's obvious because no, it doesn't affect any of us. But let's think about people with disability problems. Okay. Let's say they want to play this game, and what is required of them from this game, they just physically can't do. Um, I mean, I think they have controllers and such that allow them to use, like, for example, I know there are one-handed controllers nowadays that are able to be mapped to different buttons and secure does allow for mapping of any button to any button well, so like sure any sure but i mean like, but you there... know something as simple as mashing a button for a long time so like um i had a teacher who couldn't mash buttons so he couldn't play stuff like god of war he had to stop playing uncharted and, and later we, uncharted's allowed fixed, you to hold the button instead but yeah, and we fixed a lot of those problems by adding accessibility options, and that's really what I'm trying to kind mm-hmm. of drive home here is accessibility. And no, not every game needs it, but I just feel like for those people who maybe want to do this but can't, or don't have the time, or whatever reason, it, it, the, the number one thing, the pet peeve of mine, is is that toxic mentality of, this game's not for you, stop whining. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you straight out the window. Point. Like, don't... <laughs> And at that point, though, Ken, we can disregard any sort of statement and just say, well, this game's not for you. And if that's okay, then no game is bad. And that's not true. There's bad games. Like, I would not say Generation Zero is a good game. But then, it wasn't for me. That's bullshit. Um, the fucking game I just fucking played for review. God damn it. Um, that bad one from uh, Left Alive. Left Alive is a bad game. It's unfair. It is an unfair game. Plain and simple. There's no difficulty curve to it because it's a straight vertical line because it doesn't give you the tools to be successful. And I'm not, and I don't think anybody that's, you know, being reasonable about it is asking Sekiro for, you know, to be like, they're not claiming it's unfair and that it needs to be fair. No, not at all. They're asking for, um, for well, let's look at it from a I'm different saying, point of view. I'm saying there are people that are going to be crying about it. Don't get me wrong. There's sure. a lot of people that go, it's too hard. It's unfair, which it's not. No, no, I don't think any of the games have been unfair. If they want an unfair game, uh, I'd go look at um, uh, Kingsfield, which has unfair things in it. And yeah, you learn from some of them, but some of them are just plain unfair. So in Sekiro, there, there are a lot of pop-up window tutorials, more than any other game from the recent uh, from Soft Games in memory. Like in the Dark Souls and Demon Souls, you just read messages on the ground that you could totally skip if you didn't really care. They would tell you how to do the controls and stuff like that, but if you didn't care, you could just move on. 
But in Sekiro, every time you get something new, every time a new mechanic is about to be introduced, there is a pause in the action. Oh, by the way, you can pause the game in Sekiro. If you press the pause button, yeah, we talked about stops. that. We talked about yeah. that last week. Hey, there's a pause. All right. Yeah, which, which actually is means a lot. So you can, you know, use items, gather your thoughts, or, you know, make a sandwich, whatever you want, right? So you have this whole slew of tutorial windows that are unskippable. We can't make them not pop up. They're going to pop up the first time they're introduced. I don't like them, but I can see the purpose of them. But how many more do we need to put in before they become incessant? Before but they become annoying for everybody? You know yeah. what I mean? No, absolutely. I'm yeah. I'm perfectly okay with the way Sekiro handles all that. And like Anthony said, I don't think it's an unfair game. Not at all. Uh, but what I'm what I mean to say is that because of that, I think they're given the the time that we're living in right now. There's so many resources. Like for example, like before you even start Sekiro, if you're concerned about its difficulty and your ability to kind of adapt to its various uh, various mechanics, watch the Vati video video, uh, video of like 20 things you should know about Sekiro, and that gives you like a lot of like really helpful tips about the game while showing solid demonstrations of it without spoiling any of the major story beats or any big boss encounters. Like, we have so many resources out there. If you care enough, we can find them. We can latch on to these things and people, like, I personally was giving a lot of hints and tips uh, on Twitter, which people seem to enjoy because I think those were the kind of things which I learned on my own. I didn't look up a video for those, but mostly because that's a preference of my own. I just wanted to figure shit out on my own, but people don't want to do that sometimes because it takes time a lot of times sometimes so being able to take the shortcut of watching the videos reading the tips that other people have already done it doesn't make you any less of a gamer to read these things it really doesn't i think people will have a negative spin on that but just look things up uh try to try to gather as much information and resources as you can and then when you're comfortable go on with the game that's another part of making a game easier for yourself but that takes impetus on yourself it's the game doesn't hand it to you that needs to be something that you go into for yourself. And it could be done by anyone with an internet connection now. So it sounds like what you're saying is get good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I should have just shortened that down. No, that it down. sounds like what you're saying is learn to play the game the right way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That seems, that seems kind of degrading, too. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really so. say that's what he's saying. I... I I'm, I learn. It's it's it's, it's a, a, it's a tough I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's I don't think it's degrading. I think it's you know it's the same. I listen. I got a lot of shit several years ago for human. Here we saying, go. saying that one of the reasons that people didn't enjoy Too Human is because they didn't learn how to actually play it. Um, and Ken will be my backup here. <laughs> that there are parts of that game that once you learn how to play them, it becomes more fun. The game becomes much better. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, that can be said about any game, though. So. Sure, sure, and and that's the point we're making here with with Sekiro is like, yes, it can get better if you learn what it has to offer. And then I think I don't think anybody's being negative about this difficulty conversation here. I think everybody's just trying Not to make in this conversation. I'm pretty sure there's probably a ton of people. Oh, online there's a thousand people online, exactly. and that's why I don't like it when people say somebody's whining or insulting. You know, fuck off! Don't use those words. Use use a good well, argument. You know. I mean, there there are people that are doing just that. Sure. I, mean, just, I don't think it's any of you guys. I don't think <laughs> it's any of the people that I follow on Twitter. Um. Because I don't follow that many people on Twitter, thank God. So, 
you know, I tried to keep like a positive aspect to it. So what Ryan was saying is kind of correct, I guess, if you want to try to draw it down. But what I'm really saying is that there are many ways to play Sekiro because you have all these tools in your arsenal and all these things that you can do. You can always change your approach. And there is no one strategy that fits all. So I can't say that you just learn how to play the game because there is no one strategy that will carry you for the whole game. I entered a boss battle. Um, the boss had three life bars. After dying to the boss once, I started looking around the environment and I learned that I could take two of his life bars before he even got an attack off. And then when I went into that boss fight with one life bar left, it was a joke. It was a complete another joke. There is no other boss in the entire game that allows you to stealth them at the beginning or in the middle of the fight. That's exclusive to that one particular boss. But that avenue was open because I decided to look around and experiment. So there is no one right way to play. What I mean to say is be flexible. Change your approach. Be a shinobi. Don't be a warrior. <laughs> Use every single thing at your arsenal. Just, just, just do it. Like, just try it out, and you might be surprised at the things that it works. And when the thing that you think to yourself, "Hey, maybe that will work," and it fucking works, it's amazing. The sense of accomplishment of you scheming up some obscure machinations and seeing it work is just unfathomable. It's amazing. And the fact that all these people are going to miss out, saying that, oh, it's too difficult for me, or these people say it's going to be too hard for me, I can't handle these kind of games, as they degrade themselves, their own ability to think and come up with these clever ideas, it it makes me sad because they're not going to be able to enjoy this thing that I'm loving themselves because of all these naysayers telling them that they can't do it. You know, I think you just at some point, like a little bit, won me over. Because as you were saying, like thinking about all these possibilities, I remember conversations about Breath of the Wild, which is very open, but it's also very difficult, that game, at yeah, times. It can and, be. Um, you know, the Lionels, you know, like, those enemies are extremely hard and extremely challenging, and I know that a lot of people didn't like that game uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, and I'm not saying they hated it or anything, just there was... And I think maybe that would have been a better game to have the conversation around a difficulty option. Because that's far more, I guess, accessible as a game, or appears to be accessible as a game, and then has a fair difficulty curve, like, that consistently increases until you're done the game. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Sekiro. The, the issue is, is that, and this is something we haven't said, and none of us have said this conversation, is that, you know, when we're reviewing stuff, it's hard to get the time to put into Sekiro that we, you know, have to throw into another game that we're reviewing. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. But so, so maybe I'm... that's part of the reason why I'm saying this now, because like the Dark Souls, yeah, you know, I, I've got, I hit a point, but that was all in my free time that I just ended up wanting to play something else more that I didn't push on to some extent, and now it's I don't get that choice necessarily. All right, we're gonna do one more tweet, and then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, Curtis says, hope I'm not too late. Question, what made you all choose gaming? I didn't have a choice. I didn't choose gaming. Gaming chose me. Gaming Uh, chose me. I wish it was that lame. No, I grew (laughs) up in a house that had a Master System, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis in it already. Uh, No, I remember the first time I was introduced to games, I went to my sister's house and she had a 
Atari 7800 with uh, Pitfall and Sequest, and I played those, and I was like, you know what? This is great. I love this. I want to do this. Probably the two best games. Yeah, and then my my parents bought me a Nintendo Entertainment System like the year after it came out, and that that was the first one I owned, and uh, I've been in it ever since. Just loved it. Uh, Ryan, you got a story for this one? Uh, no, not, I mean, it's it's just been a part of my life as long as I can remember. You know, I, I, I got an NES when I was like five, and we had an Atari before that, so it's just kind of happened naturally, I feel like. Yeah, it just kind of became a Korean. <laughs> no, well, I mean... Here's a control- of, get good now! Instead of going to sleep and dreaming, all of us Koreans have StarCraft and StarCraft games. <laughs> so, instead of REM sleep, we just play StarCraft and sleep, so... You could probably, like beat, me. I mean, you you could could probably beat me. You could probably beat me at StarCraft. This is all true. Um, it's a hundred percent factual, biological truth of the matter. But besides that fact, I think I found uh, when my father initially bought me the Nintendo, I was like, "Wow, gaming is awesome! Super Mario is so cool! I love this." Uh, but then they were still just time wasters. They were just little entertainment gaps that I could just kind of do on my own and just have some fun. It, it wasn't until I started playing Final Fantasy VI at my cousin's house. I got so enamored with it that I begged him to uh, let me borrow his Super Nintendo so I could bring it home to finish the game. And in a span of like three, four days, I, I finished Final Fantasy VI. And as I just kind of sat there listening to that legendary ending track of Final Fantasy VI, watching the, the exploits of all, all my characters and what's happening to them as they escape from those uh, that, that falling island, I, I, I realized that gaming could be so much more than just time wasters. They could tell a story. That could affect me in an emotional, like meaningful way that I can carry on for the rest of my life, and that's kind of where my love for gaming began. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show. It's been a long one. It was good conversation, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it was good conversation about difficulty. That that, that I think I, we had a good conversation I, without people being insulting, and that's my biggest issue with that stuff. I agree. I, I regret nothing. Uh, I regret nothing. If you want to. If you want to follow, if you want to find us online, uh, Anthony is at NTRSKT, Jay is at Baduside J, Ryan is at WombatRP, and Drew was at DML Fury. You can find me at ZTGD, and you can find the site at ZTGD Content. If you want to follow the podcast, send us tweets every week. It's at N4G Podcast. If you want to shoot us an email, Mookie, I will read it next week, I promise. Uh, podcasts at ZTGD.com. Phoenix uh, Down is, two, we're recording Tuesday. Finally, the quiet man. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. I know you're already like halfway through Shenmue. Yeah, I know. It's I saw people out there like, when does Shenmue start? I'm like, man, y'all are excited for trash. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's Ken. I'll own it. I don't care. Anyway, it can't, it can't be worse than the Quiet Man. Just wait. Anyway, we out. We'll be back next week. Peace out, Betris. Peace out. Alrighty, and it goes something like this. Epic fail. Welcome to the N4G Podcast. Mario! Zero dollars! This is gonna be a very interesting episode. Yeah.